Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? We back. Manifest money meditation. Manifest money meditation. Manifest money meditation. Manifest money meditation. I told myself I wouldn't smoke a blunt until I touch a meal. Get my stacks on deck and then I'll see how it feels. Ain't no shame in the tree, man. I'm all about my green nose. C notes with a green bottle, Pellegrino, a Pino. Hey, hold me a glass. I'm a player, baby. This a different kind of man. I'm three times crazy. Pay me first. Yo, I shout out to Polyester, the saint. And show me he just dropped a new one. Hey, shout out to him. When I'm coming through. I'm belling strong. Ain't no falling. And I know you're wondering, no matter where we are, what is this? Where did this come from? Welcome back, fam. I mean, this hard work made it last. Solid stand focus in the street. My name gold. Everything ain't always sweet, but we had to keep going. So I manifest. You guys have any inquiries, submissions, anything of the like, you can send it to I mean pot at gmail.com. I have a very special guest today wait until you hear where he's from where he's living it's crazy it's crazy militant with my grind don't play with my time there ain't nothing in this world you can't do without your mind before they fan out you gotta lay your little plan out the same ones that hate it be the first ones with their hand out but it's okay hey how the gang go it don't come easy when you know what you want, ay. it don't come easy when you know what you deserve. Life ain't always been crazy, but we off the curve with it. Hit the gas, turn the corners, gon' swerve with Yo. it. Handle my business and pay my bills before the first hitting. Reaping my benefits, I'm really living this. If I'm in the building, then I need my dividends. Come on, living my dream. Gotta get them in the lobby. Being real, never faking on time, never chasing. Ay. Time with my time, but I never wasted. Time never wait, no time's what you make it manifest money meditation meditate manifest money meditation manifest money meditation meditate manifest money meditation meditate manifest money meditation manifest money meditation manifest money meditation manifest money meditation we're gonna run that part back and play a man. Life ain't always been creased, but we off the curve with it. Hit the gas, turn the corners, gon' swerve with it. Handle my business and pay my bills before the first hitting. Reaping my benefits, I'm really living this. If I'm in the building, then I need my dividends. Come on, living my dream, I done got you famous. Being real, never faking on time, never chasing. Hey. Time with my time, but I never ever wasted. Time never wait, no, time's what you make it. Hey. Manifest. Money meditation, meditation, manifest, money 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 Yo, I, boy, man! I, I, I was like, let me play the whole song over, over now. It started, you know what? And it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I came in, I was like, 
Hold on. Does he want me to wait till the song finish? I was saying. And then I caught you giving me a little signals. I was, so I was like, like, we supposed to be jamming, it, jamming in here together. We at the same. Okay. We at the same. I was. I was like this. <laughs> we at the same barbecue, baby boy. You, fam, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest here today. A very special guest here today. I just had to play the music, get our energies up. Hopefully, you guys are coming from a great place, a safe place. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to introduce you to. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> from one nerd to another. My brother, Sensei, Aaron, Tyler, Dickerson. What's happening? That's it. <laughs> What's up, man? Man, I'm just happy that we're here. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to get this weird little image off, man. Like, uh, get Yo, my face normal. You came in looking like the ultimate warrior. <laughs> I, I thought that was by design. I wasn't about to ask no questions. Get my ass beat. <laughs> Shoot. I haven't done this one, uh, uh, this Zoom on this computer in a bit. And I remember I set this up when I was chatting with the fam. And I was like, dang, it's still like that. But you know what? I guess it's cool. We're going to move like that. It's kind of dope. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's, it's all artful. good, man. I'm like, you're an artsy guy. I'm, I, I'm like, that's his thing. He's got war. He's got a. Uh, remember Sting? from the WCW? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I wasn't a WCW fan. I, I was more like the WWF, but... I'm the same, Sting. so I was a WWF fan, but I remember Sting, yeah. the first Sting, before he just disappeared and came back a whole nother dude, the uh, Crow Sting with the trench coat and the bat. Ah, uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right? His first <laughs> yeah. iteration was your face paint. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde hair, crew cut, Guy from Street Fighter, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he had that colorful face paint with the, like, the, you know, fluorescent pants and shit, the tights. Yeah. And niggas would be wearing. Oh, man. Yo, <laughs> listeners, yeah. listeners. Remember when I told you? Just wait until y'all figure out where this man's located, where this man <laughs> lives, where this man resides. Where are you right now, Aaron? Man, I'm currently in Sydney, Australia. He's in Sydney, Australia. So do you guys know how difficult it is <laughs> to make this possible? The things I do for you. The things it's that October Aaron, 22nd. It's October 22nd where he is. He's literally, I'm talking to someone who is literally from the future and he's visiting us. That's it. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I am thankful. Man. Oh, man. It's my pleasure, man. I'm just thankful, man. What are you watching right yeah. now? I'm watching uh, Kenichi, and I figured you definitely seen that. Kenichi, you know what, man? Uh, I'm I'm like with the with the whole anime and stuff. I'm like I, I'm so out of the loop, man. I'm out of the bro. Like I, I haven't been. I'm probably way behind. I'm sure you could school me on some modern stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. So Kenichi, what what kind of what what uh, what kind of uh, you know like genre is this one? Kenichi is a shonen. To me, it's a shonen, and um, okay, it's a coming of age as well. So this kid, and I'm not going to tell you too much because I mean it's only 50, 50 episodes, which is perfect. Like you can knock that out real fast. Yeah. But this is a martial arts shonen specifically. Like Naruto showcased a lot of martial arts. Okay. 
but this is a martial arts yeah. centered showing. So in it, you're watching and they're displaying philo- like like you know fighting uh, philosophies and concepts. Like okay, if you're yeah, so it's got my interest. Yeah, like if you're super afraid of a counterattack, guess what? You're not doing ever at all. You're not fighting. And and if you're not drawing yeah. out their attacks, you can't find openings or create them by attacking. To draw out their counterattacks to create mm. the openings you might need or the angles you might need to get in there, you're just getting beat on. This is Kenichi. Yeah, Kenichi, K E N I C H I. Okay. Yeah. See the, this one, the the little uh, uh, um, synopsis you just gave me, like I know for a fact I got to get on that one because like uh, some of my favorite animes, like I love those moments where they kind of they tap into like. The strategy and philosophy, like Rony Kenshin had a lot of those moments. Mm. Yeah, one, like there were little moments where, like, uh, what was that? Someone, uh, people have been recommending that to me. Rony mm. Kenshin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, uh, I, I definitely. I, I always really enjoyed that one. You know, obviously, it's like uh, uh, it's of the samurai lore, uh, but like there's certain philosophies and, and even like the training and the things they talk about, like, you know, being a martial artist, you know, like yourself, like you can, you can catch the reality of it, you know, cause it's all part of Japanese culture. And I love when they really put it into like the story, but it's real. It's not like, cause you know, sometimes it's so over the top, uh, uh, but like Rorody Kenshin, they hit it on a real level. Um, like there's a, like actually the street fighter, like some of the street fighter animes, that's what I love about the street fighter animes. Cause they hit like, uh, you know, kind of the real martial arts a lot of times. Now, is this the same as yeah. the, cause I just saw on Hulu, they recommended street fighter. Like straight up. Is Which that, one? Is, is it the same one? So is it a uh, street fighter? It looked kind of like they modernized the characters and the drawings and artwork. I usually, when I yeah. hear about Street Fighter, the anime, I think about Street Fighter, the movie. Way back when. like Jean-Claude Van Damme? No, no, no. So um, the anime, like the Japanese oh, joint. Yeah. Where, because, like, weirdly enough, Street Fighter 2, the movie, the animated film, put me on to Alice yeah. in Chains, one of my favorite uh, uh, metal bands. That joint. Yeah, because yeah. they was playing them <laughs> bones. Ken's driving. Ken's driving down the highway <laughs> in that yeah. fucking Porsche like a badass, listening. Yeah. And I'm like laying sitting there. I was like, I had to have it, bro. I'm like, I'm that way with music. I'm like, I need to hear this sound. This is incredible. And they just let it ride. And I was like, man. Cause my musical, like taste, and I can tell, like with you, like the same kind of shit. I'm like, man, I just need that sound. What is that? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> and then yeah. I found out yeah. I loved everything that they did. I'm like, shit, this is my band. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. That that that's one of my top uh, animated movies. That that uh, um, uh, Street Fighter Two animated film, mainly because like you know the detail they put even into like the fight choreography. You can see the hits and the blocks, 
like when Ryu was fighting uh, Fei Long, mm-hmm. like the detail of the animation and, and even like the rhythm, you know? Because, you know, Dragon Ball Z's are like, but like, and Street Fighter 2 had like, it was like a real rhythm, lock, fight, lock, move. Like it slip, was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they really tapped into that. Yeah, you ain't, I love you that. ain't learning shit about fighting, watching like, anything <laughs> Dragon Ball related you're just like well that's a whole bunch of shit I can't do <laughs> yeah no matter how much I train no matter how hard I try cool oh the rocks yeah. levitating and, and crackling and popping because you're just so str- no I can't do that no yeah ain't nothing I can do about that shit you talked about I will say oh go ahead uh, no go ahead go ahead I was gonna say I will say with Dragon Ball Z one thing that did inspire me like when I was young watching that it was the uh the training, you know, like even though you couldn't do the stuff they were doing, they couldn't do it without seeing like the training they had to do. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I was always felt like, man, okay, he trained hard in that gravity, you know, that zero gravity to, <laughs> to hit or a hundred times gravity. Time to gravity. Get that. That's yeah. really the only thing because it hit me at the time when I was training a lot. So I would go mm-hmm. from running track to football practice and I had to lift weights for both. And then after those two things, I would then go and I had my own program. And my, I'm a mad scientist still. And so I would go, yeah. okay. I would do a bunch of research on the internet, what we had, AOL 3.0. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the screen's yeah. low, the third at the time and shit. But I was still trying to do some research <laughs> on how I could just get, like, just get better. I was looking at overspeed. Like, I had a big-ass hill in my backyard. So I was like, okay, overspeed training, like just going faster than you can actually truly go. And your mind mm. tells your body you need more speed and you can eat just a little bit at a time. And you're actually gaining that speed and that ground. Your body's getting mm. used to that stride that you need to keep from falling on your face. Your body remembers it. Yeah. Ah, and so there's a muscle memory. Yeah. Because I think about now with certain training modalities, they have a concept called accommodative resistance. For instance, if you're punching holding bands, elastic bands, and they're like wrapped around your back and you have kind of like looped around your thumbs like this and you're throwing hands. Well, it stretches like tissue does. That's something your body's super familiar with. So what's happening with the accommodation phase is that one, you have to stretch this band. So there's power that you got to generate which is higher than usual when you throw that kind of punch, a jab or whatever. But what happens is you get accustomed to bringing your hand back at lightning speed because guess what? The band snaps yeah. back. Pew. Yeah. So your body and your mind are forming that kind of connection and you can help increase your speed in that kind of way with accommodative mm. resistance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. And you don't yeah, need yeah. to do a lot of it, obviously, because you don't mm. need to do a lot of plyometrics for your body to encode this kind of move or that kind of feel and then you can more easily reproduce that so i was watching dragon ball z and shit like that when i was a teenager and i was in middle school and just like you said i couldn't teleport so i was just like what can i get from this okay the hyperbaric time chamber because they still train no matter their gifts no matter what they were born with Kakarot was born with a tail. He had a power. He was a Saiyan. That was cool. I couldn't rely right. on being from another planet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, but what I can do is 
when everyone's chilling, I'm training. <laughs> That's, That's it. Right. I got to train yeah. like I am a zero. Like I have no gifts, no talents, no abilities, no strength. And that's where I'm at. And it's funny you saying this. Like I just, this just happens to be in my office because we were cleaning out one of the things. But you know, I got this on you too. You oh, like, <laughs> yo! One of one of my friends gave this to me, and I was like, man, somehow I got to use this. Like, like you know, in some viral video or something. Like I got to pull it out. Audio listeners, <laughs> the people listening to Straight Up Audio, my brother has a scouter. He has a damn Dragon Ball Z scouter over 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> That's something else that was dope. Like, they was like, they was looking at cats and being like, you know, determining, okay, what's his skill? What's his power levels? His more, his less? Like, there were some dope concepts that Akira Toriyama, like, initiated. Like, obviously, he borrowed a lot, you know, from, like, the Dragon Ball era, like the Monkey King tale, but the innovation though that he just created like it's almost like a george lucas type thing like those type of people that can create a universe like i've always i've loved that so much when they can create like you know an entire universe like like J.R. tolkien you know that there was influence but then he just took it and created his own universe that's true man when you think about yeah. it akira toriyama kind of created how we're scaling the scaffolding upon which any anime now like for instance bleach came after that and guess what they got spiritual pressure okay you know um, yeah when you're thinking about hunter hunter they have nin rin and tin and so they talked about aura so they would examine someone's power level by the size of their aura which is probably the most apt yeah. like applicable thing to life is like nah we have energy we have aura for sure yeah and that's yeah. probably the best way to go about understanding someone's power level because yeah. you can when you walk into a room or feel or feel someone else walk into a room you can feel their presence oh for sure and some people it's not even a blip on anyone's radar but others who haven't said a word you're like yeah i think that they know something about something i don't know what it is yeah yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't think I would want to get on their bad side, and I don't know what they're capable of or where they come from. But I don't think I want to, like you know what I'm saying. I don't think that someone would want to try or test them. It's just something. Yeah, that's right. It's how they carry themselves. I, yeah, and, and I'm reading a book right now called The Like Switch. Have you heard of that? About that? Nah, but you always put me onto the most amazing books, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Like Switch. That's uh, um, it's kind of rings from what you just said um and it's written by this guy who was like a superhead negotiator and um like in some like a super high profile uh um people and criminals he's had to deal with so you know he's a master of like reading people and learning how to adapt and create relationships with just the craziest people um but uh one thing he starts to talk about is how kind of like what you said like whenever we come in contact with another person you know like one of the first things subconsciously we're trying to read from like um you know the body language how they're responding their facial contractions it's all usually whether this person is a friend or are they a threat and like when we come into that first contact that's the first thing we're trying to when we're reading the body language how do they react to me do they have this kind of scowl like 
if I said hi, how did they react to that? And we're constantly trying to like measure like, okay, I can relax. I can put my guard down or I need to have my guard up. Mm. So it's yeah, primal, and it just goes in depth. What's that? It's primal, isn't it? Like, yeah. like you, it just goes all the way back to at all times, my existence and my, and my tribe's existence is on the line. I can't afford yeah. to um, not be this hyper aware. I have to make these snap quick judgments. And that's, that's what's weird about when people are like, nah, no judgments. I don't judge. I'm like, that's a split second, nanosecond like mm-hmm. impulse. We, we have that in that's us right. to do. We have to judge. We have to judge yeah. distance, time. We got to judge all kinds of shit. We're using all right. of our senses. Yeah, survival. It, because we ha- simply, we just have to survive. You know mm. what I'm saying? And sometimes it's not as big a deal as people are making it, but it's like, no, it's the biggest deal yeah. that there is, really. Friend or foe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got to quickly be able to put them into the box we need to put them in so that we can learn how to deal with whatever category whatever category of person they are. You know what I'm saying? Or if mm. nothing else, if they're determined to be a threat, but you deem them necessary, a way to deal with that and reduce or mitigate that threat you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. where persuasion comes in. That's when that art form comes into place. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's very interesting. And all of it's primal. You know? Man, I think you'd like that book, bro. It's the uh, the light switch. The light switch. You got to send that over. Yeah, I will. I will. I was thinking about this, too. You clearly have WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I got WhatsApp. Okay, so then we need to do that instead. Cause okay. Yeah. That's the move, yeah. Because I feel like you're Instagram, back to my Australian life. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even have alerts on my Instagram. That's smart. Like, Keep it's that only when I up. check. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, knew it. Yeah. I was like, nah, he's, he is, he is, he doesn't need this at all. He doesn't need it. And so he yeah. only checks. That's the healthiest way to do it, really. Yeah. It's just yeah. like just period. It's like no notifications are off. You're not about to nudge me and tell me when to engage with you, or this yeah. thing. You, like you're not going to force me to be a participant. There's a documentary I just watched uh, by uh, J- Jeff Orlovsky. It's called The Social Dilemma. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I, I'm on like the second episode. I haven't got so deep in it, but you know, it's from all the conversations and stuff. Man, it's like yeah. It just kind of makes it reality to you. <laughs> I, th- I think that this joint, did they break it up into episodes? Uh, from oh, uh, or are you thinking of yeah, social yeah, distancing? I think, no, um, the social dilemma. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they made it like a uh, like a series. Is oh. it just one documentary, one hour long joint or something? For us, it's an hour and 35 minutes. Yeah, just straight. Okay. I think they got like three episodes here. Okay. <laughs> they chopped it up. That's yeah. interesting to see how they do it differently. Like we ain't about to be like they can't rely on us unimpatient as Americans. You know, like unimpatient, impatient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, we just gotta give them the whole thing right now. Blue. Uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, I haven't made it through the whole thing, but yeah, it's like the thoughts you've already had, it kinda just really like defines it. That's how I was explaining it to other people yeah. I was recommending it to. I, I was like, uh, well, I was already up to speed. Like, I was already aware of these things, um, these concepts. I mean, 
this shit is the Matrix, and that and and like and that was them fo- like following up on what the Matrix really is, essentially mm. this high concept documentary style. I was aware of some mm. of this stuff, but I was also like they put me on the game, or they just did a deeper dive mm. and got more specific via the cats who created this whole situation, which was ironic too. I'm like these motherfuckers, man. That's all that they do. This is what they do. They yep. create monsters, let the monster out, have no ability to suppress the monster, and then they apologize for having created the fucking monster. That's what they always do. It's the right. same shit. It's the same people, yeah. and it's the same shit. Yeah. You know, 50 motherfucking dudes, age 20 to 35 in Silicon Valley, same thing. All the way mm. back, through all time. <laughs> it's the same concepts. Yeah. The same motherfuckers. Yeah. The same fucking problems. You know, destroying mm. the very fabrics of society inciting wars and panic and all this stuff and then they feel bad later after That's right. all of the bags have been gotten all of the things have been acquired <laughs> all of their billions wow. are in the bank they don't have yeah. any incentive to give a fuck they don't have to care you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it also makes them look like saviors to create this little documentary to say man we're sorry so we, we're just trying to make you guys aware of the, the fuckery <laughs> that we've been a part of and up to and we designed it, and yeah. then, like there's a one guy who um, he was like, um, um, I um, I didn't see, like we were just coming up with like things like likes. It makes people feel nice, you know, and hearts, you know, that makes people feel good. I'm like, see, this is also a manifestation of the kinds of people they grew up being. They right. they were never cool. They never got the validation they needed. They the, they never got the girl they wanted. You know, they mm. were never uh, going for. You know, high school, homecoming court and king and queen and all that shit. They right. they ended up diving deep into the books and they hatched their harebrained schemes. Like, this is how I'm going to be somebody someday. This is what mm-hmm. this shit looks like, though. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they talk yeah. about revenge of the nerds, this is what the fuck that looks like. This is what that is. Inciting war yeah. and shit. This is what that looks like. When you go That's too crazy. far. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then on, like, a crazy side of it, too, it's like... Like if your job is to think of these ways on these platforms on how to just create more engagement, like if solely if I'm just thinking of it from that, I mean, like if that's just my only thought, then coming up with something like a like button, you know, that's super clever. That's like groundbreaking. But it's like, I feel like sociologists or whatever at this point or like there should be research now after all this. Like if you ever create something that, you know, you realize now can have major influence, you just got to think so many steps further now. But, but I think that's almost impossible too. <laughs> you just can't like, there's only a certain level to where I think you can create something and then know it's kind of like when you make like a new video game, you know, like a new fighting game, and like they have it with the parameters that the developer made. But after a year, you know, the players, they're doing things and creating combos and using the hitboxes and stuff in a way that like the developer had no idea. They had no way they could have planned it. But like these guys that are just working it, like you can't predict it, you know? That's why they were saying, yeah, kind of took on a life of its own. Yes, that's what you <laughs> always say about every fucking thing you make. Yeah, and yeah, you, you know, just kind of, you know, I called the first guy the first word, and then it is just kind of took on a life of its own. That's right. Maybe <laughs> movements, turmoils, and all kinds of things going on. Movements, <laughs> yeah. civil rights was born. You know, just took on a life of its own. 
We brought him here, right. dropped him off, and we told him to go back home, and all of that just took on a life of its own. <laughs> it's easy to do. That's their yeah. escape rope. When they get stuck in the caves in Pokemon Yellow, that's how they get out of it. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is how they get the fuck up out of it. It was. Um, and I don't know. Okay. Oh, you guess say? Oh, there was the one guy. Um, he said something to the tune of, he said, you know what really makes it difficult to um to overcome or do anything about whatsoever is that um we we have a profit model and so now that we're chasing the dollar and the profit model the model that's there and that exists it makes us have to keep doing this bullshit bruh <laughs> nigga yeah you also y'all together when you develop this platform yeah. And this concept, you had to find a way to monetize it. Y'all created the model. That's right. Make another one, bitch. You're saying that yeah. you can't? No, that didn't take on a life of its own. You just made sure. a choice and a decision. You decided that, no, see, this is too good to let go. And so when when I do That's a cost-benefit right. analysis, people versus profit, I'm leaning toward profit so heavily, so that's what I'm going to do. Oh, man, that's what it is for sure. That's you know? what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a similar concept to people. Uh, instead of blaming big agriculture for droughts, which is clearly the case in California, people ain't talking about the giant yeah. mega farms who suck all of the water out of the whole land. Yeah. Like, it takes like 60 pounds of water, something ridiculous for one pound of strawberries that yield no one talks about that no they're blaming the sun that nigga has been up there that sun's been burning for billions of years it's been doing the same (laughs) damn thing plus plus or minus a couple of fucking degrees for a finite period of time that happens in cycles so this is just a part of its life and a part of its cycle this is a part of the earth's cycle all of that is finite and temporary it always does this we just don't yeah. be around to see it because we're so short-lived when it comes to being organisms. So mm-hmm. we only see what we see and experience what we experience while we can. But compared to how long things have been here, we yeah. ain't been here no time at all. So we're just panicking during the times that we, the short, tiny, nanoscopic time that we spend on this planet or in this universe. We really don't matter at all. No. But we've made these it's things true. matter. And aggro keeps you busy by going, look, nigga, just blame the sun. It's evaporating all the water. I don't know what to tell you. No, yeah. you drained Lake Tahoe <laughs> <laughs> with your irrigation systems, and you are taking all of this fucking water. Like, where do you think it's coming from? Y'all don't get rain. We don't get rain. So where do you think it's coming from? The bodies of water, yeah. the reservoirs, all that shit, you know? Yeah. Is it? Right. But it's so easy and convenient to blame something you can't even talk to. Let's blame oh, the sun. For sure. Yeah, that ends all arguments, yeah. right? It's too too uh, high stakes to take the blame yourself, you know. <laughs> That's too much of a. But you know, I was thinking about the social dilemma stuff, and I was thinking about how, you know, am I affected by it? And and I realized, like, you know, because I'm not, 
I kind of, I, I, I'm so bad. I feel like in a way with posting because since I've been away, like the way I use Facebook, that's how I stay in touch with fam and stuff like that. And I don't accept any requests. Like who are these people sending requests? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know you. So I keep that like with the fam. Um, but even then I'm, I'm bad with posting and IG, like I'll check it out. I kind of have concocted my, my feed, you know, what I like to see. Um, but, you know, I'm in and out of that. And I, it doesn't really, I don't, I'm not affected by how I feel. A lot of people are, are checking it. So in a way, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I'm good. But then I thought about it. But hold up, no, I'm always on my phone. And I realized with me, it's content. Like YouTube is my thing. Okay. You know, even though it's more like educational and I'm talk, taking in podcasts or I'm listening to fight analysis or I'm watching, you know, like a beat producer, you know, working on like a, a compression or something, you know, it's always like a content, but like still like, that's my thing. I've realized it's not like, you know, checking for likes and stuff, but my stuff is like, I'm stuck to it. Like it's just too much information. Mm. And like that, that's my issue. I've realized is YouTube. <laughs> what I'm getting better at doing is curating my interests so that the algorithm can't really zero in on what it thinks it's me. You know what I'm saying? So mm. to a point to where anything, not it, not everything, but a lot of the things that YouTube will recommend, because it's kind of built into my TV now, yeah. anything that they recommend is something that I'm interested in. So it now... It is a tool. Like remember when they talked about in the social, like Nilemma. Well, uh, this thing here, this is a tool. The, not social media, but I can't recall what it was. But they said this is a tool, and it's useless until you find a use for it. You can pick it up, you can put it down. You sit it down; it's still a tool, but it's not useful because you're not using it. Now, an algorithm, something like that. It's just going to reach out to you unsolicited and go, hey, so you've been getting plenty of likes over there on Tinder. You might want to go and check it out. You might want to. It's got to drag you <laughs> back into the fray. Right. It's got to pull yeah. you back into the matrix so that you can be on there engaged, just on the screen, just staring at the screen, just mm. looking at the screen, just long enough so that the advertisers can file in. And that's right. how they get their fortune is simply mm. by extending and like your time just sending you into overtime. Yeah, that's so a good point. Now, more and more, if I'm not actively using my phone for a specific purpose, like editing or uploading something so that the world can see it because I built it, I made it, I created it, that's the like so that's the purpose. So, yeah. I go, okay, let me open up the tools, the Twitter, the Instagram. I don't be on there just to the idle time. I idle time is a devil's playground. You know what I'm saying? Like you've heard that before yeah. growing up oh, yeah. in Kentucky, you know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> you know, we got mad old sayings, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I was, um, I try to make all of it useful. One, I'm always doing something. I'm always doing something. So I'm never really around doing nothing per se. So I try to make yeah. all of that time, all, all of my waking moments, even when I'm relaxing, useful and purposeful and more specific so I'll hop on Instagram, drop the stuff, put the hashtags up there that are pertinent. Hopefully it gets the impressions and all that shit, but I'm not married to any of that. It becomes yeah. what it will become and what it was always going to become. 
You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you're on a certain yeah. trajectory and wave anyway, what's going to happen? Like, what is like, like what it's going to be is going to be because of how you're moving. Everything else mm-hmm. in the universe is going to move into your way or out of your way based on what your path requires to get you to where you're trying to go. And yeah. you have to accept anything and everything in between. Anything that's not useful and purposeful to that walk, you issue, you shun, you get the fuck up out of your way. Or right. it shows itself the door. That's what I'm realizing more and more. Like, the older I get, people show themselves the door when, like, you ain't fucking with their energy and they can't fuck with yours. It's perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not soundboard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. that's kind of how I'm moving. And more so now that I've seen that, the social dilemma where it's like, no, yeah, tool, tool, tool. It's a tool. So I use it as a tool, and then I get the fuck like just out of there. Like Some people are like, let me see what they're talking about on Twitter. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do. They fucking got you. That's right. If, if yeah. you're approaching anything with that mentality, let me see what they're talking about mm-hmm. on uh, YouTube, bro. <laughs> Yeah. For real. Yeah, that's that's the healthy way to do it, man. That that that's that's the that's the cheat code right there. It's just, you know, if you get that perspective on that you're using it, because I mean otherwise, yeah, it, it definitely is using you. Like mm-hmm. every you know, all the people that talk about how they're just strolling for hours and you're not even looking for anything. Like you have no purpose right now and you can't stop either. You like Hoping that finally that thing's gonna come up. You just keep searching. So and yeah, it's using you. And you don't even know what that thing is. Yeah. But you leave them enough time and they will inform you as to what the thing ought to be. Yeah, and it's then crazy. They'll present man. you with that thing and lead you it's to believe crazy. that you desired it. Yeah. You the matrix for real. That's the matrix. Yeah, it's crazy. Never in your life, bro, have you ever done this? With your finger and none of your training, none of your martial arts, <laughs> but all of a sudden, right. these 50 nerds up there got you doing this for hours. Mm. And I've been and I've been a victim of that earlier yep. on. Just and I was like, man, I punched the young me in the mouth. <laughs> like, come on, bro. But yeah, yeah. Circling back to currency, I say this almost every episode at this point. If I wouldn't have been that, <laughs> then I wouldn't be this. You know, it had to happen some kind of way. So, it's just fascinating to me, man. But I yeah. do I do interact, though. So, but it's based on my interests, but that's an extension of using it as a tool. And I'm interacting with right. the people that I'm looking to interact with uh, to further whatever it is that I'm working on. Um, driving that's traffic, right. whatever it's going to be. That's the tool part. And I'm simply responding to the world, responding to my craft, my art, my work. That's still using it as a tool. Outside of that shit, I'm flinging the phone over here somewhere when I'm done using it as a tool. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, you ever notice like you'll be in your zone and and then your phone will ring. Like this is just how I am. The phone will ring and I look at it with like a disdain, just a mild disdain. (laughs) <laughs> because it's literally the matrix reaching out to you and trying to pull mm. you back in. Cause you don't know what kind of bullshit the person on the other side might be on and they're trying to invite yeah. you. Yeah. You know, to a party that you don't yeah. want to be at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, 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 if you think about the evolution, 
phone. Like, that's okay. Because it wasn't just you and me. We was kids, man. And it was like, uh, <laughs> you remember the days of literally like, like you had to have it planned out. If you wasn't at your house and your friend wasn't at their house, and like they didn't call at the same time, like if he was outside, but like you couldn't wake up. <laughs> it was impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it had to all be in place. And then people, you know, people forget about the struggle of you talking to your friend on the phone and then you hear breathing. You're like, who's that? Oh, that's your sister or someone listening in. You know, you remember that? The like, 900 megahertz phones where you can hear other people's <laughs> conversations in the neighborhood on their phone? That too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Like, you had to, or you can just cruise the neighborhood for your people. They were at someone's house, somebody. Yep. And it was only a few yep. houses that they were about to be at because that was the crew. <laughs> And those yeah. are like the favorite parents and they are, they're basically like the best hosts. And so you go to yeah. that house and that's the party house or whatever, um, where you right. would have your Nintendo 64 marathons where you play gold nine for hours or you watch uh-huh. a big bro play uh metal gear solid fighting psycho right. mantis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not knowing yeah, how, yeah. not knowing how to beat that nigga until you realize <laughs> you literally have to unplug the fucking remote <laughs> from slot one no, with that bitch. I slot forgot two. about that, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Oh gosh, they literally turned. I don't know how they they did this. It changed my life. They turned yeah. the TV off themselves. Up in the upper left hand corner, I'll never forget this. I was up at Aaron, yeah. Allen, and Adrian's house. Um, at Sarge's house. Cause uh Sarge, their dad would fix us pancakes and just continental breakfast. So dope. Nah, that was the spot. Bringing the popcorn down because he knows this whole weekend is just us playing video games and that's in the fool down there in, oh, the den, wow. in the basement. And so yeah. Psycho Mantis would turn the TV off all the way off. <laughs> and it would say what I thought was Hideo. I thought that was a play on he's hiding. So Hideo, no, Hideo. Hideo Kojima is a fucking developer and creator of the game. (laughs) So he just put his first name up in the left-hand corner, let you know that he got you. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you know how many times you got to fail at beating this nigga, Psycho Mantis, to realize that you have to think so far outside of the box that you had to unplug the controller? Yeah. To put it into the, <laughs> the second slot? We didn't have the internet like that to where we can be like, let me look it up on Google real quick. We didn't have Google. I know. Man, you know what? That even made me think of something else crazy. Hold on. Can I ask? Are you, by the way, are you from Kentucky? Like yeah. born in. Yeah. So I was born in Cincinnati okay. and then I was raised okay. right across the river. So yeah. Okay. I was in Kentucky. So, do you know about Babbage's? You know Babbage's back in the day? We call everything Babbage. Like, man, that's some old Babbage. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but I don't know like, what Babbage is. I'm guessing that's something else. Yeah, because, like, um, the original, I think, because, you know, nowadays there's, like, EB Games. That's, like, the main one. And then uh, there were some other joints. I can't even remember. But Babbage's was, like, one of the, at least in Louisville. And I think in that region is one of the first like EB games. Oh. Like that's where you went or that's where you call and what the hell it means. I don't know why it was called Babbage's, <laughs> but like that's what it was. And they saw video games. 
But this is what was crazy. I didn't even know about this until one of my friends told me, like, because like you said, before the internet, you had to talk to each other. But they said, you know, if you call Babbage's and you ask them, they'll actually tell you, like, strategies or passwords, like, for Mega Man and stuff. So they would actually tell you, like, they were, like, the first, like, uh, um, uh, uh, man, what was that video game? Uh, there was a magazine that had cheat codes. So you had... Game Informer, you had yeah. Nintendo Power. Yeah. Um, and what was the cheat one? Do you remember? Oh, man. I know that Game Informer, damn. It was, um, it wasn't Games <sighs> Online. Damn it, man. I got to, I'm about I, to Google this. <laughs> yeah, because I, I used yeah. to get the off brand of that shit. So I, I wouldn't yeah. get Game Informer so much as I would get the. Man, I gotta figure this out. Hang on, audio. Game Pro was my joint. Game Pro. Yes, Game Pro. Game Pro. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the most popular joint, but it was the one that specifically had cheats and strategy guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dang. So I can't think of the other one I'm thinking of, but anyways, you could call at this time. You could call the game store, and they would tell you the little secrets and cheats, and like just that era of thinking of like you know. If like your friend might have known like a, a password or something, but you just you didn't know if you didn't know, you didn't know. And you might have had the game for years and you didn't know. So <laughs> you had you had um Babbages, which is a terrible thing to call anything. I mean, it's such a yeah. shitty name <laughs> that even people in Kentucky, we call shit Babbage that is garbage. Okay. Like, man, I ain't smoking that Babbage. That's some old Babbage, <laughs> like, you know, maybe that's where it came yeah. from. So yeah, Babbage's, yeah. EB Games, yeah, Funko Land. Oh, Funko Land, dang. Yeah, yep. they had that one. That was the joint. That was the first one I kind of experienced the trading. Yep. Like trading the games and stuff. Yeah. And then GameStop cannibalized all yep. of that. Yeah. Because now that's, that's really right. it. Yeah. That's it. GameStop's yeah. the only place you can physically go to and uh, trade in games, and then they give you several percent of its value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can buy a new game for $35. We're going to give you several dollars for that. <laughs> I just purchased yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you store credit. That means I got to come back to this shitty shack with games in it. Man, I never could pull myself together to actually do it because it hurt my feelings. Because I'd come in with a stack of the old PS1 games and you'd get like $17 for all of them. And this is like a collection, so I, I couldn't even pull myself together to do it. Can you imagine, brother, in that stack of games, you have hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of heart, yeah. love, your parents yelling upstairs, yeah, come down and get your food, it's ready. <laughs> Boy, if y'all don't get off them damn games, yeah. all of that, blood, sweat, and tears, strategy guides, spending hours on mm. figuring out a way to get Vincent Valentine to join your team in Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Trying to figure out in Final Fantasy Ten how to navigate the Cloister of Trials. Because that shit was ultra confusing. You needed a strategy guide. Yeah. All of yeah, those hours. Sure. Then they take that stack of games that you spent $700 on. Easy. Mm. Yep. And you net 
seventeen dollars. Like you are walking toward your robber <laughs> with yeah. your bags of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then in the same store, you look at what they're selling it for. You can like see like the it. game. Yeah. <laughs> right there. I know. <laughs> what were we doing? We had no esteem. Mm. None. Yeah, no. <laughs> Gosh, that was a hustle there. Man, the only things that I like, appreciate are like Dungeons and Dragon cards, Magic the Gathering cards. That increases in yeah. value. There's value to them yeah. cards. Um, and uh, the Pokemon cards still, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That's it, cards. Yeah. Not digital yeah. media. Mm. Not back then. Yeah. And not now. Strange. Yeah, cards, they have something about like like a collectorship almost. I don't know. It's something about collecting cards. Like, and the fact that what I always think, like it's one thing, say if you still have like a Charizard from back in the day, Japanese, and like it's like, you know, in value, say it's like $2,000 for one card. I mean, that's cool if you have that card, but what's in my brain is now, who's the person that spends $2,000 on your card to, uh, to get that value, like that person, <laughs> who's that person that's paying two thousand dollars? Bro, them Japanese cats that be taking flights to L.A. <laughs> to hang out on Melrose and buy all of the Supreme and buy. This the, is a uh, thing, bro. Yes, they will buy all of the Supreme shit. They'll buy all of the anything name brand. They come to the Nike store. They buy all the J's, like they buy yeah. all the J's and Nikes that you can only get here. They be spending yeah. loot, yeah, like a lot of loot, a lot of loot. But uh, they come here with bags of money, Santa Claus bags of money, just buying yeah. fancy shit, yeah. And okay. taking pictures next to <laughs> the Paul Smith building. Um, you've probably on Instagram at some point seen some basic bride posing by a giant pink wall. That's that wall, and and that's on Melrose. Okay. Oh yeah. John Pink, well, you know what? It's very crazy you put that image in my head, and I feel like I've seen that before. Uh huh. Yeah. The world has seen <laughs> this basic wall, for, this, this wall of basic bitches just posing by a giant pink wall. No one even goes inside of that store. Yeah. If I was the store owner, uh-huh. I would just charge admission for niggas to pose by my wall. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to come in the store and buy a $92 tie. Right. Because I walked inside and I was like, I see why nobody just walks inside of this dumbass store buying your garbage gear. So is it the location or is it literally just a really good aesthetic wall that people love? It's a aesthetic wall that people love. That, oh, wow. That basic people love. Let me reiterate. Yeah. Basic people. <laughs> that basic people love. So they be by that wall and they be basic and they be taking hella photos every day. This is every day. There's never been a day that I've ever seen no one there posing by this giant pink wall. Dang. I guess that's the hustle then, man. Just get you a nice wall, paint it a nice color, you know what I'm saying, in a nice location. And, uh, yeah, man, get the little, um, uh, 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 (laughs) like a little carpet, red carpet, line them up, have somebody doing a fee. You know, I, I mean, if that's what people's doing, yeah. Well, if it was some niggas doing it, yeah, because we hustlers natural born. Like, there's nothing we can't. Like, I, I, there's nothing that like we can't sell. Yeah. 
Like Cassidy mm. said, I could sell raid to a bug. <laughs> I'm a hustler. Yeah. I can sell salt to a slug, cuz. You know like, yeah. they aren't, though. You see what I'm saying? Like, I right. would have, you know, like in the Looney Tunes, Muggsy's hideout had the sign pointing to Muggsy's fucking hideout. It was like a neon <laughs> yeah. sign and shit going, eh, eh. Right. said Muggsy's hideout. I'm like, well, that's not good. Um, yeah. Well, if they at least had a sign going this way or something, come inside of the building, check it out. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Smart. Or charge those niggas like you're on my property. Mm. Charge them niggas to be there and take pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm telling you, it's always a hundred people out there. No one's going inside. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Be, it's crazy. I'm like, dog. You like y'all got this wall yeah. here for no reason. I would just yeah. shoot. I would be like uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Grand Torino. Just get off my fucking property. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd be like Fuzzy Lumpkins and the Powerpuff Girls. Get off my property! Yeah. <laughs> if I ain't gonna spend no money, get out of here. Man, so what's it like over there right now? Like, are you, like, can you still move around like normal and stuff? Because over here, you know, I'm in New South Wales and, like, uh, um, they're worried that the cases are starting to pop up again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's literally, like, they're worried because there's been, like, 30 cases. 30 reported cases in the whole state. Yeah. What's and like, state? I'm in Sydney. What's the state like uh, in Australia? Yo, it's weird because if you think about it, like the, the landmass of Australia. Yeah, it's like is, a giant chicken nugget. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty much the same as uh, the, the U.S. But the population is smaller because the center has so much that you just can't inhabit because of desert and stuff. Right, like the rocks um, are poisonous and all that. Yeah, yeah, but like so, uh, so you know, we got fifty states in the states, but here that whole landmass is split up just into seven. Okay. So a state could be like, for example, New South Wales. If you think about it, it would be maybe like from Florida, you know, almost up to like maybe like Kentucky across to Virginia. Like that's all like one state almost type mm. deal, you know, um, and maybe less than that actually, but. Um, you know, it's just bigger mass. So split up in the seven. Okay. Yeah. It's probably easier to manage people when it's seven kingdoms and all of Westeros. Yeah, that's versus having fifty. We all have our own thing. Yeah, yeah that's right. Having fifty, that's a harder ship to turn around or steer in any direction at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny yeah. how small they make Australia on a map. When like y'all niggas be the same size as far as the landmass as we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have America, <laughs> boo wow. But then you got Australia, <laughs> Chicken McNugget over here in the fucking corner down here. Yeah, I know it's like that. And you know, I realized too in America, like when we learn about history and all of this stuff, like Australia is nowhere in our learning at all in America. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, like I didn't even know they were in the like World War Two. Like they were like, you know, they helped us. And that's not even I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. That wasn't in any of my, my studies coming up. And, and for some reason in my perspective, I mean it makes sense, but it threw me off when I first came here and you're seeing like full blown like Japanese, Korean, Japanese, um, people of Indian descent, just a full blown Australian accent. I guess I just didn't expect it. 
but it makes sense because you know we have uh, uh you know that's just how it is but like i don't know it just threw me off i guess i came expecting this a complete like anglo-saxon you know cliche aussie <laughs> the only thing yeah. that we were taught bro we had kangaroo jack yeah we had crocodile dundee paul hogan we had yeah. the late and great and the all-powerful Steve Irwin and Bendy and his <laughs> yeah. wife. We had the Irwins. That was yeah. it. And then we had him tackling alligators and saying, danger, danger. And, and then he would show all of the things in that joint that could kill you. And we were like, no, thank you. That's all That's that we right. knew. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then, like, we really took an interest when the whole, the whole joint caught on fire. It was on fire for forever. Mm-hmm. And y'all lost yeah. all of your koala bears. Yeah, that's sad. Which is crazy. Well, yeah. it's not crazy that they're gone because they're probably one of the more useless animals. Like when it comes to, <laughs> I'm sad about all like the other. In terms animals. of the, and yeah, in terms of an ecosystem <laughs> and feeding it, I'm like they ate one plant specifically, and the gestation periods are like that of a panda bear. You know, they kind yeah. of attitudinal. And they got one kid, they have one kid, and that kid takes forever to have a kid. And I'm like, they're not really, they're always in danger because of how they just move. I just, yeah, yeah. Same thing with a panda. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's the same thing with a panda. The weakest of all the bears. Uh-huh. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, they get pregnant, it takes three years to have that kid, and that kid don't want nothing but plants. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. They're not really fighting to be here. So they're right. always being endangered, you guys. <laughs> Like you have to force yeah. them, to, you have to force them to mate. You have to force them to fuck to make another version of themselves. So I'm like, is, is that a thing? What? Like they like to try to, you know, uh, preserve the uh, species, or they like trying to encourage them to like mate and stuff. The last time I looked into it, you know, it's not a rabbit hole I dive deep down into, but I know yeah. that they in particular is because their gestation period is ridiculous and they only eat bamboo so it's hard right. for them to have the nutrients needed to mother or to uh nurture or nourish a baby because they got to eat so much and then sleep so much and then ain't a whole lot of yeah, fucking yeah. involved if you eating all the time or sleeping all the time you know That's you right. think about it and so you combine all of that shit and they're not really murking any other life imagine how if they weren't vegan bears <laughs> how much more rapidly and smart they would be and wily they would be. Yeah. They would really have that instinct to survive and just be here and be okay and be cool and get their numbers yeah. up. They just don't have an in them to do any of that shit. It, like, it's a lazy, lethargic bear. Right. It didn't get those gifts that the grizzly and the Kodiak got and the polar bear. Them niggas act like yeah, they yeah. don't be here, don't they? they yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're you know out there getting it, you know, yeah. getting it in. They, they, yeah, bro, they killing yeah. powerful shit. A bear, I've seen a bear break the back of a moose to stay on this planet. It's like, bro, I'm killing seals. Man. It's babies. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I don't really check for humans like that, but if they cross my path, I might try one. I've never had one before. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, in Gatlinburg, in Gatlinburg I'm, I was face to face with a black bear. Oh, man. I like he checked me and I, I ran out like I got video footage of it like cats was recording it <laughs> I posted it uh, like a long time ago but that's one of my, my things like because it was a dumb thing because you know when you go to Gatlinburg <laughs> it, it was like uh, uh, yeah it was a, what do you call those things like a, it was like a bachelor bachelorette party were you in the chateau 
at, uh, up in the Smokies. <laughs> yeah, well, we was like a, we was in like a like a big cabin. Okay. Yeah, it's like a double decker, and you know it was one of those things where my friend was having a wedding, and they they were really close. So they did a bachelor bachelorette thing together, and they were all in the cabin. We we're just having like a fun weekend. But you know, when you go to the Tennessee Gatlinburg, it's always a thing because we were like at the woods. You're like, wow, I wonder if we'll see a bear. You know, just it'd be cool, but if not, whatever. And so, like, it was always in the air. So the second day, you just heard people from the porch just yell, bear, there's a bear. So everybody drops what they're doing. We all run to the porch, and we look over the uh, balcony. And when you look out, and there's this big black bear, he looks up. Like, whatever's in your brain right now, like when you think of a bear, like, <laughs> when you see it in person, like, you, you don't realize the size of its head. Like, and you can't even just think about it. It's when you see it that close right there, just the size of its head is like, this thing is big. <laughs> you just don't think of them like that for some reason. And so, so, you know, he's like literally up to the cabin and we're all like yelling and, and he just keeps like looking up like this. He looks around, you know, just super relaxed, just doing his thing, looks up at us, kind of walks around. And I don't know, I just had the idea at the time, like, you know, I'm looking around, I'm looking at the space. And in my brain, for some reason, I'm calculating, if I did go down there, what would my escape route be? Like, that's my thinking. I'm not thinking, like, I look back at this moment and I realize this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But but at that moment, I'm really like, hmm, if I went down there, where would I go? How would I keep space? Where would I escape? And so I got to a point where I felt like I actually had a plan. And I looked at my friend. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to go down there. And he was like, what? You know, because I'm silly. So I'm always just saying silly stuff anyway. So I don't think he realized I was serious. So I was like, yeah, man, I think I got it worked out. Like, I'm just, I don't know, man, I'm curious. I want to see it. And I think what tricked me was how docile, docile he looked. Again, I know this is dumb and stupid, but for some reason at that <laughs> moment, <laughs> I was convinced that I'd be okay. <laughs> oh, man. No. Were you with your white friends? Yeah, all, all white. This yeah. was a white bachelorette, bachelor party. Rubbed yes. all the way off on you, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. You lost it? <laughs> Man. So you could tell from the environment. Like, I already know it'd be totally, yeah, it'd be totally different. Mm-hmm. If I was with my black people, for and, sure. Especially uh, when niggas screaming, bears. So he's like, oh, <laughs> food's up there? <laughs> One minute, yeah. wait, man, be right up. <laughs> bear he's like well now he knows where everything is because you know the whole attitude from the beginning would be different because we got there and they was like i wonder if we'll see a bear you get there with your black friend it's like hey we better not see we a better bear, not see no fucking bear yeah it, that's what kind of tipped me off was when you were like my friends were like i hope that we see a bear <laughs> the only thing that popped in my head was white 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 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dog. Uh, I was like, he had to be with his Anglo partners, his Anglo Saxon yeah. buddies. And hey, 
Because you can share the screen on here, right? I'm going to try oh, to yeah. pull it out. I'm going to let you see this. This is some real ish. It's it's at the bottom of the screen here. I'll give you the commentary. Please let me do. See the fondest. I need the yeah. director's commentary, man. <laughs> I need every... Like the audio listeners, they need to hear this. We need to hear this. <laughs> let me see. I think... All right. Oh, I know what to do. I got to hook up. Oh, by the way, I think you'll appreciate this. I'll show you my, my hard drive because I got... Um, that on a hard drive. Yo. Yep. It's King Hippo. Audio <laughs> listeners from motherfucking Punch Out. Yeah. <laughs> He's always my favorite character. Like they 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 designed some dope characters on that game. You know, they all had their own personality. You know, What's that? You know, what just dawned on me about King Hippo, the strategy that you have to employ, body head head body. That's a real motherfucking like that's that's legit. Mm. Yeah. That's legit. Get his hands down. How? Hit right. him in the body. Hit him in the body. He's got to bring his hands down. Cool. <laughs> Going right back upstairs. Right. It's weird how we that's, look at shit now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, man, what I loved about the NES games, like, like back in that era, it was like, it was so skill-based, they actually didn't care if you saw their whole game or not. <laughs> there weren't cut scenes they wanted you to see, like... They didn't care if you beat it or not. Like, you're, you're good enough or you're not. It's a million Nintendo games a nigga couldn't beat. <laughs> yeah. Because that shit was skill-based. It was hard. Uh, do, do you know the story? I'm just um, finding this uh, file, but do you know the story about the first Battletoads? Do you know that? No. Like, uh, hold on. I got to let my, my homie in real quick. Absolutely. That's my cousin. Hey, come on, buddy. Okay. Yeah, man, I felt I felt like that's the perfect example because uh, you know, first it came out originally as a battle toad, uh, I mean uh, as an arcade, like uh, before it made it to NES. And supposedly the legend is um, is that uh, the game first off was so difficult. I don't think anybody could really get past like level three, and if you got past level two, you already was was cold. Um, but like it was so difficult that actually nobody realized that they never finished the game. Like when they designed it, the the arcade, if you happen to get past, it was like level seven or something. Mm -hmm. The game would just there was no ending. It would just like shut down or start from the beginning. They never actually finished programming it. Oh shit! But because <laughs> because it was so difficult, nobody got that far anyway to even know. <laughs> and by the time they brought it to the NES, they had kind of brought the difficulty down. But I, it was still hard as fuck. I listened to this. Um, I watched some kind of countdown on YouTube about the hardest games of all time. And most of them mm -hmm. were Nintendo games. <laughs> that makes complete sense. For instance, Metal Gear Solid, the first one. Metal Gear Solid, the original for Nintendo. Yeah. Legendarily. Impossible. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never got too deep on that one. Probably because you couldn't. <laughs> Case yeah. <in> point. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was trying to, I think I almost got this here. It's probably in this joint. You know, it's funny. You, like you talked about the size of this bear, the sheer size of a black bear. When that, yeah. And, and that be the one of the smallest and harmless of the bears too. The small bear. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's how big oh, yeah. they get. For sure. 
In terms of bears, I mean, it was big because bears are, are definitely big. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think in the, um, you know, yeah, in the scale of bears, it probably is a small bear for real. But they kind of end up being not more dangerous, but you can't play dead with a black bear because they eat garbage. Yeah, that's a myth, isn't it? <laughs> so like because they scavenge and, and shit like that, they don't care if you're alive or not. So they'll wow. just pick at you and eat you as you lay there and pretend to be dead. So you can't do that with a black bear. You just got to get the fuck up out of there. Okay, so I got it set. So if I just push the share screen button, mm-hmm. you're going to see, let's try this, host disabled participant screen share. Do you have to able something on your end? Uh, Yes, yes, yes. So let me go multiple participants can share simultaneously now i've done that and you should be able to share share screen and okay ah there we go oh yeah yeah okay so i do that i'm gonna hit share it ought to pop up here Okay, so you can see my computer now? Yes, dope, cool, yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to make this big here. All right, so first off, right away, you're going to hear the laughs of, um, you know, the hashtag white friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what you're going to see, just so in the beginning, you're going to see me jump over a little, uh, I jump over a little obstacle. So I actually had to jump into this arena you're going to see. And then you'll see the bear. So we'll start with that. Okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Hold on. You see that battery thing going, don't you? I'm going to take that off. That battery mode. Okay. So we'll start that again. So here we go. That's the bear right there. You're about to see me slide in. He's huge. <laughs> Bro, you ain't lying. That fucker. I know. So there's me. So at this point, you see me up there kind of on the corner? Okay, yeah. I see you up there with jeans. That's me. I had jeans. And you had jeans had... on? <laughs> I know. I guess it might behoove uh, you to have jeans on because, you know. Yeah. It's but you know what? As a martial artist, though, uh, anytime I wore jeans, they were loose. I could move. You always had them ultra baggy ass Jinko jeans, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think you and I talked about like the advantages of always dressing in a way that allows you to kick somebody in the face <laughs> at any time and at all times. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, you gotta have those martial legs. arts had me changing my whole wardrobe up, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. So I'm sliding in a little bit more. I'm going slow. What the hell, bro? You really did this. I know. Now, see, here's what's about to happen. So you see me in my position. The bear at this moment, I saw him, and he was kind of looking at me. But at this point, he wasn't really showing me anything. He kind of glanced at me, and then he would look away. He was just kind of in his moment, and then he looked at me. But what you're about to see me do in a second, I squatted down just a little bit, and I reached out with my hand. But once I squatted down, his focus just locked on me. Mm. He wasn't looking anywhere else. The and that's when I got him. a bit more tense. What's that? <laughs> the murderer in him kicked in. <laughs> yeah. There we go. 
Oh. His acceleration's ridiculous. Man. My I God. I can't even explain. One leap. Second leap, he got me. Dog. If he I'll did that, that two times, yeah, it was curtains. That's it. He teleported. You see how man. much? Yeah. I'll take it back. A squat. I'm a threat. Bam. There's no lapse in time between you being upright and then you being a threat. You being upright and not a threat and crouching yeah. and you. It was simultaneous. Yeah. He took off after you as soon as you lowered your body. The moment man. your muscles did that. What? Mm. <laughs> and see if, uh, by the way, I sent this to Tony Baker too, hoping he would like do a dialogue for me. <laughs> but he probably getting so many messages, you know. But like, uh, so now here's what happened after that. So he's just chilling right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the moment that I saw him leap, that that moment that I saw that, Obviously, this is fight or flight like a mug, and you know I chose flight. So not only did I jump over that wall faster than I ever did, I'm running as quick as I can because in my brain, you got to remember, I just saw him leap at me, and then I turned around. So I can't see. So in my brain, he's like barely missing me. He's like coming and chasing me and swiping. Mm. So I just think he's there, so I'm running. I run through the door. I'm still running. Like, my heart's like the hardest it's ever been. And I ran. And then finally, I ran into one of my friends. And he looked at me. And first thing he did, he looked at me like real sincere. And he said, Aaron, that was stupid. And I was like, oh, no. Bro. Oh, gosh. And they got and if Gensu I- blades for uh, nails, for claws. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And man, if I was like a bit further away from the wall, like if I realized for some reason, if like uh, I got further away from that wall and he was further and I couldn't jump over the wall as quick as I did, man, he would have got me. Like, see, I'm still close. So when he jumped, I was, I literally teleported from the, bam. But if I was, if I was any closer or too far away, I just think, you know, we wouldn't even be talking right now. You know, it's incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's incredible oh, about the acceleration. What's the, that? The deceleration. Uh. The control that that gigantic 800 pound, 900 pound beast has over his body. Yeah, that we humans don't be having unless we train so much and so long, and he just as fast as that thing teleported in your direction, it came to a dead stop. Oh gosh! And quickly decided, I'm gonna just do something over here instead. Yeah, like it had complete control of that entire situation. Yeah, from start to finish, that was. And as I look back, I realize what that was now. Um, it's act- actually, they call it like a charge fake. It was a technique. Like it didn't fully intend to just attack right away, but at first was just checking me. A faint. And then, yeah, and he realized I was just out. So he's like, oh, okay, it's whatever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of like a, that's what I thought. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's Little bitch, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. My, wow, bro. I've never seen, I'm thankful you sent that to me. I mean, I've seen nature documentaries and shit. I've seen bears do stuff, but it's different when you see a, a buddy of yours there <laughs> in the episode and it's real in real time real speed a regular yeah. ass camera film filmed with a sweet potato you know what yep. i'm saying and to see that bear in real life move and to that was distance management like yep. for to cover that kind of distance and then stop right where he or she wanted to stop you couldn't afford right. to be a millimeter closer no. And they weren't no. going to risk going an inch further either. Yeah. At the same time. I remember. You know? Yeah, yeah no. And I, I remember feeling like I could feel the distance. Like I felt close. You know, as close as I want to be to a bear that's in the wild. You know, not caged or no trainer or nothing. Like the closest I wanted to be. So it felt close. But... um for some reason, I did feel comfortable, and I mean, not comfortable, but comfortable enough to be there. But um, yeah, man, just a couple steps further, you could see, in one swoop, like I was gone for sure, and they would have been recording me getting killed. So <laughs> fucking crazy, dog. I'm gonna hit you with a expectations versus reality. So yeah, you went in to that situation. You dropped down there with the bear and you stopped at a distance you thought was safe. How did that yeah. change your whole perspective? Because you had an idea of what a bear was and you had yeah. this idea of how fast a bear was because it's not a cheetah. Yeah. And it's not a right. sailfish and it's not a tiger. Right. How did you, of course, afterward, when you really had time to think about your whole life as <laughs> it probably flashed before your eyes, but yeah. when it moved at that ludicrous speed, it's probably faster than you could even blink for real because oh, you man. couldn't afford to blink. So in the blink yeah. of an eye, less than the blink of an eye, it covered m about a bear and a half's length of distance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It covered its whole body in a half, it looked like, in distance instantaneously. How did that change the way that you just understood bears? Like, dog, it teleported. It didn't even move. Yeah. It was just here now. And That's I, right. And, and, and I had yet to be able to move my body. Oh, gosh. And you know what it was, too? It was like no telegraph or telecast at all. It didn't. Right. No. It was like mm -hmm. this. And then what you saw was an after image. You know, like. Uh, That's right. TN moves so fast that it, it looks like it's multiple hymns because he's so fast. Yeah, moves yeah, yeah. So what you right. see is an after image or like yeah. the flash, like there's an after image when you reach a certain speed, like Mach 3, you see what yeah. was there, but it's as if it is still. That's right. How, man. <laughs> and when you think about it, because in the wild, everything's so fast twitch and, and alert and trying to survive. I guess if you telegraph in the wild, you don't catch anything. Mm. So they would have learned how to strike, you know, mm. I'd probably start from the back. Cause I didn't see like a load up. I didn't see like bending, like he probably already was there. He knew 
like from here I'm ready. Is he ready? And then just, you know, mm. like I couldn't read anything. So, man, yeah, I, I would have stood no chance. And yeah, I realized looking back, like that's the dumbest thing I could have done. But in that moment, like you said, I didn't know because, yeah, I have this perception. I was like, oh, he seemed pretty chilled. I'm close to the wall. I'm not going to leave the wall. I want to make sure I can escape. But, you know, you don't picture them being quick. And, and <laughs> they bumble stupid. around. They look dopey. They yeah. move kind of in a a lackadaisical kind of way. They seem lethargic yeah. at times. They're just like, um, one of us in this trash can. No, nothing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> hi, people. Hey, what do feed you? Hey, don't feed the bears. Okay. Hi, park ranger of Jellystone National Park. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yogi and yeah. Boo Boo. That's the problem. Rogue was yep. talking about that shit. He's like, man, we've been fed all the bullshit in the world since we were babies about what bears are. So that's right. We personify them. <laughs> you got the Coca Cola bear. They're yep. adorable. Yeah. You got Smokey the bear. bears. You, like you got teddy bears. You got the Care Bears. You yep. got the Teddy Grams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got Baloo and his family from Tailspin. Yeah. You got all right. these nice ass <laughs> bears and they're all slow as fuck. They don't mean nobody no harm. But no, that's a giant wolf dog thing. With they the are side. killing machines. It's a killing machine. And it can climb yeah. as fast as it can run. So you really can't if it doesn't want you to escape, it won't let you. You can't get away. Because no. it can climb a tree as fast as it can run. Gosh, it's just crazy. The the size and their ability is just—it's crazy. It's like an NBA or like an NFL creative player where you put all the stats yeah. in ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 7'11", 7'11", 12, you know, he's two hundred ninety-three yeah. pounds. He he, he he runs a four-two forty. Yeah, has a th- a seventy-nine-inch vertical. It ain't fair. No, <laughs> it ain't right. So yeah, man, that's my dumb uh, <laughs> encounter with the live bear, man. I'm just glad it was on video because, you know, if I didn't have video and I tell people that story, you'd be that nobody guy. would get it. <laughs> you would just be yeah. that guy, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like, might as well be Larry the Cable Guy telling stories no niggas believe, but they're like, go on to uh, your story, man. It gets better every time you tell it. Go on. That's right. <laughs> let's hear it. I love his stories. Don't you like his stories? Look, let's, let's hear your bear story. You're right. Nah, this is real. Watch. Screen right. share now. Freak the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get to Australia, man? Because it yeah. was random, right? Because we used to pass each other by. Did we both yeah. live in UTA? Um, or was it Louisville Hall? Because I lived in both. Well, I, you know what? Probably UTA because I was in UTA for a good grip. Okay, because I yeah. seen you. Okay. Uh-huh. But you know what? I feel like when we first started encountering, I was in uh. And what was it called? It was uh, like West something. I think it was close to Louisville Hall. Mm. They had those little grooves on Third Street. Um, maybe it was West Hall. Because there were different halls right there. So yeah, Miller Hall, Center Hall. Was there a West Hall? I don't remember. There's Miller- it was like a little small dip. And, um, and uh, dang, I can't remember. What? It was like, I can't even explain it. Cause I forgot. Was it on Fourth like Street? Little... Was it on Third Street? 
Yeah, it's like uh, here was Third Street, Brandeis. and there was these little dorms, and then over here was like like a park. Okay. And there was like a tennis court way down there, like a broke down tennis court. I don't know if you can visualize. Okay, what I'm so, talking about. So you might have been slightly. So that would have technically kind of been off campus, even though it's on campus, especially now. Yeah. That shit looks way different. Um, yeah, yeah. So you might have been slightly off campus on some, in some regular joints, like not necessarily yeah. even in a dorm. Like you were in apartments. It, it, was, it was a dorm, though. It, oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm almost certain it was West Hall, um, but that was just for like a, like, a, like a year or whatever. But then I was in UTA for like almost like, two, three years. I always lucked out and had a roommate that just never came. So I had the whole joint <laughs> to myself. Yeah. And that good. That yeah. used to happen all of the time. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. So, cause at the time, like, cause you've been doing, you've been doing, um, martial arts since you were a baby, basically. Yes. Well, since I was, 13 officially yeah okay and you started yeah. with taekwondo tkd yeah yep and then taekwondo. and then you're clearly the kind of martial artist who at that point when you learned how to learn martial arts mm. you just absorbed all the other ones like a michael jinn and tegan yeah <laughs> yeah yeah style <laughs> yeah yeah man i was like uh like like i realized when i look back i had a fascination ever since i was a kid you know like with the teenage mutant ninja turtles of course like every 80s kid and then like you know i remember me and my friend both had this teddy bear with a scarf on it and we would take the scarf off tied around our head and i was mr miyagi he was daniel san you know we're like real little so mm. fascination always been there but when I was like a preteen and you're kind of old enough to understand a bit more is when I started really looking into Bruce Lee, you know, because when you're a kid, he's just a cool guy, you know, but when you're like a teenage, a preteen, like 12, 11, you realize you're starting to hear the philosophy he's saying, you're seeing that he's training and you're respecting the skills. So that started around like 11 or 12, but then 13, I was officially like, yo, mom, please sign me up. And yeah, I started at uh, Taekwondo, which which originally my perspective of it was like, I wanted to learn Kung Fu, you know? Mm. That's what they do in the movies. <laughs> yo, like I wanted to learn. <laughs> mad, mad powder getting knocked off a nigga's outfits. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man. So I thought that was the thing. And my perception of Taekwondo, you know, was like, it's just kicking. It was a lot of these flip kicks. And I was like, man, I didn't want to practice that. Uh, but it was the main school that was open and available to us. And I'm really glad I started at this Taekwondo school because it was, it wasn't in the stereotype. Like, you know, we were really hard. Like we were like, it was a different type of explosive and dynamic Taekwondo. And we also added in like elbows, knees, you know, we did a bit more than like some other Taekwondo schools. Okay. So that it was a good, uh, uh, introduction, the type of Taekwondo that I learned. Um, so, so you yeah. kind of lucked out. You're like, because a lot of them schools, it looks like their hands are fucking useless. Like they don't even have arms oh, at all. Yeah, Why do you yeah. have them? Take them off. <laughs> you don't use them. 
that's right. You know, let, like they yeah. should be bouncing like to the side, but their hands are just useless. Yeah. Or when they do throw them, they're just still useless. It's like, man, you're, mm. yeah, you're just wrong from Tekken. You know what I'm saying? That's just right. night kicks and spinning shit. But if someone eliminates your distance and your ability to generate a kick from there, and you mm. and you never train to generate power with those kicks because you yeah. use the points, you're right. in doo-doo. You're in trouble. It, and if someone draws out the kicks so that you do throw it so that they can yeah. close the distance, and now you're not in your range, mm. these you never used and were always useless. Yeah. And yeah. so shout out to your school. <laughs> yeah. And you know what that comes from too? That's like the schools where they're only focused on – the parameters of their competition. Mm. So it's like if you're competing with a certain skill set, instead of thinking, you know, just self-defense or the whole scope of martial arts, some schools are just teaching to stay within that parameter of where you compete. And so they're prepared for someone to stay kicking distance and play that game. But outside of that, you know, they're not super prepared for that in a way Boxing's almost similar because boxing are really good with their hands, but the way they're standing with their legs, they might not be versed to be ready to kick or move back and counter kick because they just have to, they you know, work they on here. In. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plot, 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 plant, and just throw dynamically powerful, crazy, super fast lightning speed upper body shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's right. They have the most incredible hands. But, yeah. man, if we ain't boxing, mm, if this right. fight has any kind of dynamism and all fights have that one thing, dynamism, and they can mm. take place anywhere and take on any kinds of characteristics, any kind of environment, yeah, you know, and like the first thing niggas want to do is push. <laughs> That's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? What are you going to – they have to land and they have to handle that – because if someone knows how to pat pat, a, you yeah. know, a pock pock or whatever, and their legs and mm. they plant there, they're not getting out of the way. They're just absorbing mm. a bunch of shots, and we ain't right. punching with pillows. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So, and because it's a sport, though, it still kind of makes sense too, because mm. they are preparing for a contest. They are, you know, are. and these are the parameters and. You know, so it does make sense. But because Taekwondo is a martial art, sometimes that's why, like, uh, you know, those schools that are just teaching that parameter, you know, it's like they get that bad rep because they're missing, like, it's a martial art. You know, right. you're missing other elements. It's like they so didn't important. learn how to fight. They learned their martial art. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning and we would compete against those people. Mm. Yeah. I'm learning that. So I'll fight more. those guys and, yeah. Because it's it. Like, it, you know, and you learn it more and more, like, it would be, hang, hang on one second, let me turn my light on. Yeah. There we go. So, like, there was a um, black belt and TKD, and we were excited about it because Sifu and I, Sifu loves when different energies, he wants to expose us to as many different kinds of energies and styles as possible. Because mm. again, we're not just learning our martial art, we're learning how to fight. Right. All phases of that game, wherever it might take place. So, shows up, you know, and they talk. You know how cats are when they visit your school. 
is like all of the accolades, all of the awards, okay. all of the honors, and this, the belts and the levels they've achieved. And well, already you know that they're not at a certain level. Yeah, you already know when they got to do all yeah. of that. It's it's yeah. it's the meek ones you got to worry about. The ones that are like, <laughs> hi, just wanna. Just just kind of interested checking out the place. I've always wanted to do some Wing Chun. Yeah, you know, I I I do software programming, and I uh, you know, you know. That's right. I'm a musician in the orchestra, the uh, Philharmonic, and uh, I'm a fucking murderer. That's right. <laughs> you know what That's I'm saying? Right. Those yeah, are the, the real ones. ones moving silence. The real ones moving silence like lasagna. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he had showed up, and I was excited. Now, the kid was good. Well kid i mean he he was way older than me like maybe like higher 30s or something like that but anyhow it was interesting to see because at the time i want to say i was a yellow sash something like that like a yellow sash or an orange sash he was a black sash he he, uh, teaches it and i've been doing it for a long time but sifu likes to throw me in there just with any of them black sash black belt which i appreciate um you know sifu for just you know, thinking highly enough of me to be like, and thinking highly enough of his school mm. to put us just to throw us in there and see how we do because he knows he's confident in his teaching is what it is. Like yeah. I'm, I'm so confident in myself and the way I see things and the way I mm. brought these cats up. I've mm. given them the Shinigami eyes to see. Right. They have these Terminator heads up displays. They're not murderers yet, but they can damn sure spot one. And they can realize quickly that that one ain't one and they can handle them confidently because they can confidently because they're comfortable wherever the fight is taking place or might take place. And so you would just wait for them to throw their kicks and their spinning shit and bring the crescent kick around. And, you know, and then you will lock into certain patterns. I'm like, okay, I know what his favorite moves are and uh, their footwork is not a. Aside from the switches, it wasn't a whole lot in a 360. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty linear. They moved pretty linearly until they're doing spinning shit. But they're still on that line. Yeah. They're not changing angles much. You know, that sort of thing. Your school, definitely probably different. But this guy typically wasn't getting off of the line. So I'm like, cool. I only have this line to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get caught with the spinning shit. But when he spins, guess what? His back is going to be turned. So I'm going to eliminate right. this distance. Just move straight in on Yeah, that. I'm moving straight in because I'm not waiting yeah. to be at the end of the fucking kick, the most powerful part. Yeah. I'm going to just move on in because he just opened that gate. I'm stepping right yeah. through. And so what you saw as well, I'm like, when you are using your style in a way in which it won't work, and you keep having your distance eliminated, your style is actually more taxing than mine. So by mm-hmm. default, if you're doing spinning shit, I'm not. So I'm saving my energies, and you're not. You're spinning all of that. So he, so And you're moving your legs. Those are the biggest, heaviest parts of your body require the most oxygen. So no yeah. matter what, everything that you're doing is what DC Cormier would call a big action. So I'm just, do your spinning shit. It's cool. And I'm taking notes, right, because I'm adding some of these to my shit. I'm like, cool, yeah. I'm going to work <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Question mark kicks, yeah. super useful, very practical. Um, you know, but you don't lead with that. You got to set that up. Yeah. So that's something that you smack them with later. Yeah. But, but you got to set it up with, with like front kicks and shit up, you know, up the middle. Cool. That's right. Right over boop. 
you know. And so I was waiting on him to do that stuff and throw the little crescent kicks and all that. And then ultimately, afterward, um, like you shake hands, you thank each other for sharing energy, you you know. And then Steve was like, okay, so what did you learn from that? And then uh, that's when you he breaks down what he saw and he tries to apply and he will apply after that uh, or reinforce the way that he taught you to see a fight as a fight mm. for one. So he reinforces yeah. um, that. And he's like, now here are some other ways th- that you can um, draw out the attacks. So that's when you're like, Hey, draw yep. out the attacks, make them, make them think that they did that because they wanted to. Yeah. So do that, and then they throw. Then you can do your shit because now you're in your range, and now it's your fight, your way. Get right. them to waste all of their energy. Get them to do that, having them That's believe right. that they're wanting to do it. And so it's been fascinating, man. Just the more, yeah. more you do it, and just like you on YouTube, I'll be on YouTube watching one championship, watching old yeah. UFC fights, watching Ken Shamrock fight Severin, um, anything mm-hmm. that I can, like even watching like uh a cool thing i like to see is how in the hell cats put people in the damn crucifix oh yeah yeah because yeah that seems to be the most helpless possible position you can ever be in in your life Ooh, that's the worst man somebody <laughs> knows what they're doing and you're caught in that yeah. it's like a checkmate it's a checkmate it really and is. and they start hitting those elbows down and <laughs> yeah there was yeah. this old ufc fight i watched man that was this black dude man this brother yeah. Um, and as soon as the fight started, he just bum rushed old buddy, ran in, yeah. somehow got him into a, it wasn't an MNRA roll, but he had rolled into this crucifix immediately. Like he had wow. drilled it 17,000 times. Was that older? Is this an older fight or yes. kind of more current? No, older, because I think yeah. you saw it because you were throwing the elbows, the elbows yeah, he was yeah. throwing. He got him yeah. in the crucifix and was just like this. Just el- yeah. elbow and dude to death. And like the fight was over in seconds, like 10 seconds. But it was like 25 of those elbows. And this guy couldn't even defend himself. He just had to eat them. Yeah. You know what I'm see, saying? that's why I was saying, asking if it was older, because that's one reason you don't see it as much currently. Because you almost nowadays could only catch somebody with a low IQ on the ground with mm-hmm. it. Because you're going to have... You know, you're going to know how to prevent from it getting that deep and that far. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, like a layman on the ground, uh, you definitely want to learn how to defend against it because you can see it coming Mm -hmm. if you have enough experience. But, yeah, that's why you don't really see it in the professional matches as much anymore. Somebody gets caught in that, they're not. These fighters are that much better than what, like, those pioneers had to do what they did and had to not be capable of what they were all of those kids were watching those UFC fights and going, okay, that can't happen. And then those yeah. kids grew up to be coaches and champions with that knowledge that's in their DNA going. So there was one fight I watched when I was a kid where this motherfucker yeah, yeah. got him in a crucifix and he was useless after that. And so that kid right. focused on jujitsu, added jujitsu. It really became yeah. mixed martial arts because the ultimate fighting championship it wasn't. It was style versus style. Like, we had the karate dude versus Hoist Gracie. That's right. Which was so fun to watch back then. <laughs> it was cartoony, wasn't like it? That. Yeah. It was hilarious, <laughs> but it was fun, man, because it was straight up like yeah. Kumite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It was exactly like that. 
But these yeah. cats now, like a Yair Rodriguez, he's a TK oh, yeah. based guy, but man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things and, and, they do. And who's that current one? Uh, he landed that cutback kick. What was his name? Cutback kick. He, he, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, uh, that's what we call him, Taekwondo. But he kicked with a front kick, and nobody scooped it. And he jumped into the back kick and knocked him out. That most recent KO oh, that everyone's man. talking about. I can't remember Hakeem his name. Hakeem Buckley. Yeah, that's it. Hakeem Buckley. Yeah. Yes, Because you, know, you know, the guy actually helped him do that. He don't even realize, like, because, you know, a lot of people, how they catch the front kick is, like, here, and they keep it straight. And if they he did that, he wouldn't have been able to spin like that. But because he scooped it, that's what helped him turn like that so perfectly. He generated that momentum. <laughs> yeah. You know, the weird thing about that was, for me as well, like, people were like, I mean, he sat there a million years, and, and I – at first glance, I was like, damn, he just watched him kick him in the face. Yeah. Usually, if you catch someone's kick, if fighters catch another fighter's kick, they got a plan because that's perfect for the counter. Boom, overhand. Yeah. Or boom, yeah. single leg. Or boom, single to a double. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. get them on the ground, that sort of thing. And then, you like, like you do your thing. But you yeah. do something with the fact that you caught the kick. He was, like, surprised that he caught the kick and yeah. admiring his work. Like, I can't believe. Mm. But he had caught multiple kicks throughout the yeah. fight. You know, I think it's more a case nobody does that. I think that it happens Like, you don't so expect fast. when you catch. Yeah, you don't expect someone's jumping off the other foot yeah. and kicking. Like, just no one does it. Because it's never, <laughs> ever happened in the history of all fights. <laughs> that was the yeah. first time. That's why everyone was like, that was the greatest Greatest thing of all time, right? Right? And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, that was the greatest shit I've ever seen because it's never happened before. Yeah. I yeah. think that that was, yeah, because he mm. didn't have a plan, but it was like, no, I've been catching the kicks. None of that shit happened. No. And yeah. in real time, that happens way faster, and it happened way faster than what it looked in the replay. Yeah. Right? He caught it. He's sure. probably thinking of what to do next, and usually cats will get their kick caught they suck their leg back in and they get it back or they just be bouncing on one foot until you throw them on the ground yeah you know you kind of force them against yeah. the cage and like you like you take them down mm -hmm. but that guy because he was undefeated at the time too okay he like the guy who got kicked like that yeah like he, like he was undefeated he had never lost okay but yeah what better way to lose Man. i suppose <laughs> Yeah, and he was super. He's a, you can tell he's a martial artist the way he. Uh, I don't know if you saw his response to Buckley, but he was like, "Yo, good job, man. Um, congrats on the KO, and I got some work to do." You know, he's got a good mindset. I made it a point to post that. So mm. I made it a point the same way I posted that spectacular knockout. I made it a point to show how true and genuine a martial artist and warrior, um, Impa which is his first name, Impa was and is. I'm like, he's about to be just fine. He just, yeah. it had to happen to him. It happened that yeah. night. And Got caught. Out, it happens. Everyone gets knocked the fuck yeah. out. Everyone gets yeah. caught. And that was, the, that was the night. But he didn't lose. He got defeated, but yeah. he didn't lose that night. You know what I'm saying? He learned. Yeah. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. Do something with that. He, you know, he mm. just got caught in a way no one's ever got caught before. Yeah. Plus, I was like, Y'all can't forget how fast this motherfucker got rose from the dead. 
<laughs> okay. Unless yeah, I didn't see. would have died, man. He got right back. Yeah. He was fucked up. Uh-huh. Nothing else he can do, but he got up. He was fine. He was just sitting yeah. there on the chair like, the hell was that? <laughs> he was alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cassie, well, one thing. Like, Cassie got oh. sent to heaven, sent to Neptune off of something that was less. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. One thing I didn't like about that was, because, you know, I'm still kind of in the Taekwondo community as well, and the, that that was, like, went viral, and you see a lot of people saying, like, commenting, uh, making the meme and they're saying we've been doing this since day one because we do practice that kick a lot mm -hmm. but but what they don't understand that i don't like is like because you know we can land that in a taekwondo match again with like those parameters but but reason you haven't seen it in ufc because to be that well-versed confident in your wrestling and your ground game to be that loose to even try something like that like if somebody only has a taekwondo skill set They'll never be in a position to do that in that match anyway. Mm. It was because of his overall understanding of everything that he had the skill and the comfort to feel that free to even throw that. So it's not as simple as just knowing the kick. And a lot of people don't realize that. I've been noticing that more and more, man. And I'm happy that you said that because I've been thinking <laughs> some of these fighters, the greatest ones that, that I've been seeing, like, Justin Gaethje, for instance, or like a Khabib, mm. something like that. Um, someone with supreme hands, like a Maz, like a Masvidal. These yep. guys are crazy, in like like in their stand up because they don't fucking care about getting taken down. That's They're right. not worried about it. I'm like, you can try, like you can take me down if you want. I'm getting right back up, like a Max Holloway, yeah. Max Blessed Holloway. He doesn't give a shit mm. if you take him down. He's the squirmiest dude ever. He's so squirrely. You can't keep him on yeah. the ground. Masvidal, right. not even Usman, who's elite on the ground as a wrestler, which is nothing but controlling an, another body, like a, just another body, dominating them wherever. Right. Masvidal kept getting up. He lost because he just got hugged the whole time, but you couldn't mm -hmm. keep him on the ground. That allows him to do whatever he wants on his feet. That's right. Do a lot of damage. Yep. That's why Gaethje is like that because he's an elite, world class wrestler. Doesn't use it, but one it's taxing it's the most taxing thing it like it taxes all of your energy systems at the same time it's not really that's beneficial right. to do unless someone's a scrub that's you see right what i'm saying yeah. so unless he's a bum you don't really need to be wrestling like that's why yoel there i don't get why he doesn't use his wrestling look at his muscles man he's already at a disadvantage because of how much o2 he's using off that's the right. off, like off the rip he's too muscular yeah at his age he's been around the block he's you know, 44 he's years old yeah. Yeah, like he's an older yeah. guy. He's hyper muscular, yeah. super dense muscle. He's going to be mm -hmm. using more oxygen no matter what he does. So that's why he has to have this weird, goofy fighting style. I like I don't like watching him fight, but I understand yeah. why he has to fight the way he fights. And no, he's yeah. not using his wrestling. That's the most taxing thing he can do. Yeah. That's so right. he's not. He uses no and what y'all don't understand is he's using his wrestling to not wrestle. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's he's right. using his wrestling to not have to wrestle. Not not yeah. have to grapple because if you try to take him down, it's gonna be hard as fuck, you know. Yeah. And if you do, he's getting right up. That's him using his wrestling, but he's not gonna use mm. it to dominate you. He's just gonna knock you the fuck out and get out of there. Yeah. The and on the flip side, that's when you have like a super top like kickboxer or more top stylist come in, and you're like, oh man, he's gonna smoke these guys. But when he's in that first MMA match, he he's terrified to throw even one kick. 
because he does, you know, he knows if he gets taken down, it's over. Like he's so, you know, he has all these skills, but yeah, like we're saying, it's like you got to have the whole picture mm-hmm. to even feel free to express yourself the way you want to. You see a lot of those guys who are the strikers and shit. Yeah, like they're not even accustomed to, they're not used to the consequence of them doing their martial art, right? Yeah. Like in a TKD tournament or something like that. Yeah, you like you throw them kicks all day. Like niggas got pads on. You mm. ain't you ain't worried about no one's hands because they only throwing feet. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stand on the line. No one's catching shit mm. that you're throwing either. Yeah. Right. Like you get certain points and like no, if you're in an MMA, like if you're in a cage, if you throw a kick, yeah. Like you might have to decide that with this guy in particular, you should probably severely limit what kinds of kicks you're throwing. Don't throw at his ribs, even though that would be a money shot for someone else. But yeah, th- like his eyes are so fast, his hand eye. He's he's trained his whole life to catch that shit so that he can get into his game. Yep. He's waiting for Man. you to throw these kicks. He's hoping that you throw these kicks. Please yeah. throw a kick. So that's my. <laughs> that's intro. what I love. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about Muay Thai too. Like years, almost nine, but about eight. Muay Thai. And I remember when I first came, that was a bit of a learning curve, you know, because I saw these targets. And I'm just like, you know, kicking for free, but I literally catching every one of my kicks, <laughs> you know? And now I'm doing like the Buckley stuff. I'm trying to jump up and kick with one leg and all that. But I realized they're just letting me do that. I realized later on, once they started grabbing and sweep, grabbing, hitting, and um, because they were being nice, I was new, but they were just catching and then just letting go. And I would notice you kind of laugh a little bit. Yeah, catch <laughs> and then let go. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, I'm not worried if they catch my leg until they really started letting go on me. So I had a bit of a learning curve in the beginning. Yeah, but, but Muay Thai, I've been having a lot of fun with that, for sure. Sifu likes to have us throw a lot of Muay Thai things. Um, yeah. Now, he kind of, um, he fusses when, so he fusses when we do catch kicks. What's that? So he'll fuss at us. Um, he used to fuss at us when we would catch kicks. When yep. the rules were that you ain't throwing nothing full power, no way. Because right. we're training. So yeah. it's about being a good training partner, not trying to stun on somebody by going, ha, got it. It's like, bro, yeah. what didn't happen was that motherfucker didn't kick full power. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, then we got to open this up to where it's just straight up hard sparring to where they're throwing mm-hmm. as hard as they want to. And then, because what you're not simulating is real life. You're catching yeah. slow shit. Let a motherfucker really load up and really fire one off at your ribs. Catch that. Yeah. Because that's a real consequence. What isn't the consequence of someone being nice and right. you throwing something um, and then they're catching your shit. Or, you, like, yeah. that cat is throwing that kick is throwing the friendliest kick that he or she can. So, so yeah, catching yeah. her shit. Let like let them get their shit off the way that they're letting you live. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So he's really keen <laughs> when it comes to what's real and what isn't. He's like, hey man, don't be catching their kicks unless yeah. you want them to really be throwing kicks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's the kind of eye that he has as well. You mm. know, I appreciate. Yeah, that. that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, like in the Muay Thai sparring, we do like it's like uh, in Thailand they call it like a play where it's like um, like. You, you 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 fling you know you you you're still making a good thud because um, that's a whole thing like what you said if you're kicking too slow they're gonna catch it 
So they're trying to kick it away with enough power, but still control where you can still pull it away where they can catch. So you start, you, you make pretty good contact, but uh, what I like about the catching is they always have a way to catch where you're moving away from the impact as you catch. Mm. So the body's never really in that zone if you're doing proper technique. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, there's a, there's, there's a whole art to it because it's such a part of their style that catch and respond i love watching sanchai and them and bull cow because oh yeah and just watching all of them over at tiger muay thai and um and yeah your cow watch them train yeah watching ties train them see we're associated with your cow my my school we're associated with them okay that's dope yeah and we have thai guys come over and train and stuff yeah it's amazing watching the ties train because they got some figured out um and i've been doing a lot of research on the benefits of play it's probably yeah. the most effective and most efficient and the most useful way to train like we in america do hard sparring and hard things we beat each other down we break our bodies down and mm-hmm. half of the stuff that ought to be sticking to you sticks as far as being technically sound mm-hmm. what they're able to do is preserve one the tie style is incredibly rough, like just rough on their bodies like they go at it from age seven, age six, and they yeah. fight like they fight to feed their families. You know, oftentimes yeah. it's a part of their they life. Fight every weekend, yeah. You know, like they fight to feed their families in that arena. Can't remember what yep. the thing's called um, at the moment, but uh, there's different ones. Are you thinking of Lumpini? Lumpini. Uh, there's another one. Uh, Rajanam. There's one like Rajanam. It's spelled like R A T H J D E R N, something like that. Mm-hmm. Tie words. Yeah, it's like I think a couple really big ones. But it, yeah, a regular like a person on the outside will look at it like it doesn't seem like they're taking this very seriously. It's like no, like there's they're all in a flow state. Mm. That is play. They're yep. completely free, and so they're working everything out. Like you don't notice, but look at their feet. Look at where the feet are every time they're throwing a round kick. Like, they're just playing. They're just letting it flow. They're letting it leave their body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus being all tight and being rigid mm. and doing this and that. Like, they're... And they do this so that they're not beat down by the time they fight. That's right. So they're learning and they're able to train so much more than mm-hmm. someone who's got a six-week fighting camp to get ready. Um, you know, because... uh we signed on the dotted line and the fight's lined up and we got to really train and run ourselves into the ground. Well, most injuries happen in America and, and, and in the UFC and shit via training. It's yeah. your training partners. You're hurting them. They're hurting you. And no one's any good by the time. And that affects the whole career. Sanchez has been fighting for forever since he was a little kid. Yeah. Professionally. He, yeah. he and Bullcow, and they're there still because the ties, they might not fight until you know 40 or anything Sanchai might because he takes so little damage because of his style his style is different than other Muay Thai yeah he they call that uh, Muay Femur really? yeah have you heard of that like there's a uh, like Muay Femur is like uh, there's other types of styles where like they're known for coming in close elbows and knees but a Muay Femur style is like Sanchai Lurdzilla you know, hands down, head movement, switching feet. Yeah, yeah. It's about making a miss to hit back. 
So yeah, that, that's what they call that style. Lurdzilla's crazy yeah. to watch too, man. Oh gosh. Oh. That lean? Yes. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. There's this new guy. I'm gonna send some uh footage of him. He's in the UFC yep. now. He's a he's a Muay Thai fighter. Buzz cut. This guy is an animal. Mm. He's got that lean too. You've probably seen the yeah. clip of some light skinned dude lean way back. It's him. Okay. He's like not, in the he's in UFC. Thai. Yeah, he's he's okay. He's like he's not Thai, um, yeah. but um, yeah, like this cat, he wanted them. Plus, his hands are crazy. So yeah, yeah. he also has the boxing. Okay. Boxing hands, but he's a Muay Thai practitioner through and through. Like watching Sanchai and them, like them play, like watching you guys just play, mm. that preserves yeah. a lot of the body. You know what I'm saying? And it just allows for them. So they're always refining techniques instead of just sparring because there's a whole lot of learning that can also not happen when you're sparring because egos involved. Well, you're just trying to score and win. You're just trying to win. And so you're not paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. Shitty technique all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, That's how the injuries happen and everything else. But with them cats, they're always playing. They're always playing. You know? And when they go hard, it's on the pads. Because if you see how they do pad fighting, it's like they're fighting. You know, they're hitting back, they're striking. Mm-hmm. So it's still like a match, but that's when they go hard. Especially when pads. you have bag people like that dude, the big the big dude. Oh, uh, Trainer Gay. <laughs> Trainer Gay, bro. Yeah. If you got someone like that, you got to fight him. Oh, he's going to fuck you up. He's a boss <laughs> battle. He's He's incredibly, he's incredible. Yeah, because he's actually yeah. fucking you up, but holding pads. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and then you're on the ground, and he's kicking you still. Yeah, like, you don't get a break. You don't get a break. This you isn't get a jumped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. He's such a great yeah. teacher, man. Yeah, so, for sure. So you've added Muay Thai to your repertoire. How did you get that straight? Oh yeah, well, uh, best thing I well, did. You were just in Australia. <laughs> man, well, hey, the condensed version. Hey, do you remember the uh, time when there was a chat roulette? Do you remember that? I remember chat roulette. I wasn't a participant, yeah. but I do remember it. <laughs> yeah. So I got to say, because, you know, it has a stigma to it. But <laughs> in the beginning, you know, there was an era where it was kind of a dope thing. Andy Dillonakis used to get on it and prank people. And you could actually, you know, connect with different random people and have conversations before you know it. You're talking to someone in Europe and you're in like a, you know, they like Wu-Tang and you're like going back and forth. Like it was kind of cool. Obviously later on it evolved to, you know, people just think of, <laughs> you know, people jacking off on camera. You know what I'm saying? Oh, That's that too. Yeah, that was the thing. That <laughs> it evolved, got a bit weird. That evolved into chatterbait. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that's yeah, a real yeah. thing. Unfortunately, that's real. Oh gosh. So yeah, so so it evolved to that. But my era that I was on this, it was kind of cool. And I ended up meeting this Ozzy. You know what I'm saying? She was cool. We had a little convo. Um, and so this is crazy because you know chat roulette. You have to like. You push sin, someone else push sin, and just the logarithm, you connect. And then if you're not feeling it, you push next. And so now there's another person. Oh. They push next, another person. So the way things had to be aligned, things happened so that just we connected. 
right? And what happens is the connections can go out all the time. They just shut down. And so um, just before we disconnected, we had happened to switch Facebooks with each other. What was but if move? we didn't do that, what's that? What was your move, bro? Put, these <laughs> cats, put the listeners on game. That's game, bro. You bagged yeah. a bitty from Australia. You're good. Yeah, for chat roulette. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, but yeah, so so we was vibing then. We exchanged Facebooks, and you know we kept up with the uh, the um, you know we just chat back and forth. At this point, it was just you know we was kind of you know cool vibing with each other, uh, and then we ended up getting to a point where like, hey, let's do a Skype, and then from the Skype. You know, that was our first time kind of really getting to have a real conversation. No um, interruptions. And, man, you know, we just really clicked. And at this point, though, I'm like, she's in Australia. You know, Australia has never, ever even been on my mind at all. Like, I had no, no interest for real. And I'm over here, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but we started kind of staying connected, talking, emailing, and it got to a point where she was actually about to have a trip over here in the U.S. for like six months. Long story short, she came over here and we met in San Francisco because we had been talking for almost six months for this time. Mm. So, and you know what's interesting, man, we realized is like when you meet somebody in person the first time, um, you know, the first thing up front is so much, you know, it's based on like the attraction and, um, you know, the sexual physical aspect of it oh, in the yeah. beginning, you know, uh, but like we still had the attraction, but because we didn't have that physical element because of the distance, you're forced to just get to know someone, mm -hmm. you know, for like six months without that physical connection. So um, the level at that point, by the time we met, the level we knew each other was like, it was very different from like how things normally happen. And Bruh. now that we met, what was that? <laughs> you said normally happen, right. Sometimes that should be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man. So you guys finally were in physical proximity of one another, and then That's right. that was the only port that nothing was plugged into. That's right. The only connection that had been made, and go. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, so yeah, we basically we met in San Francisco, and she was there for some other reasons as well. But obviously, I was a reason too. And she was in here for like six months and she basically stayed with me in Louisville for almost like three or four months, and, you know, just experiencing each other and then being together. We lived together for like that period of time. And it got to a point where she, you know, had to get back to work. She had to go back to Australia. And, and I was at a point where it's like, look, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. I've never been out of the country. Um, you know, and, you know, I met this girl I'm super into. So, um, you know, now is a time to go more than anything. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to go check it out. And, of course, at that time, it was like, let's see what happens. You know, I'm in Australia, but here I am, you know, like uh, almost nine years later. <laughs> I'm still over here, man. So Bruce yeah. Leroy Green. I was. That's it. I bet you all made up for lost time. I've had them long distance joints. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like 
all of those months, all of the days, all of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, like, yeah, like there's definitely something that's got to get done. It's like, no, nah, we make enough for lost time. Mm. And you know, what did I you mean? all meet distance or were you together? And then there was distance, uh, distance first. And then it was like, cool. And then, uh, we closed that distance and we made up for lost ground, sir. Yeah, yeah. That's just the human <laughs> thing you got to do. It's like, yo, the only thing we literally have not done is make up for lost time. Yeah, so yeah. Like, and it's such an easy sell because she, she, like, she can't be like, nah, we, we got to, we, no, the months we have not been around each other in physical proximity, oh, that was taking it slow. That. that was taking it slow. Now, yeah. light speed, warp speed, ludicrous speed, space balls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's get it. That's the only thing we ain't done. We need to get for real sure. good at that. Plus, yeah. Now, this is for the fellas. Was it like a um I mean, that's ultimately how you seal the deal. Like that's really that's the only thing that that's the only part about me you don't really know. It's what I'm capable of. Mm. I got yeah, plenty, yeah, yeah. I you, you know, I, pl- <laughs> I have plenty of time to prove myself to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'll pitch it in all, all kind of sleazy ways. I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's the crazy thing, too, because it's like all that time you have all this time to build a super strong, you know, like emotional and, and mental connection. Mm-hmm. But if after all of that, you get there, <laughs> and it's just completely, you know, whack on your end or you their end. Like, that could throw it all trash off. in the bed. It's <laughs> yeah. like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I wasted uh, six months or, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> That's uh, that gotta be tragic, off. man. No, she was like, yeah. you're coming to Australia with me, aren't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, As yeah. she's asking you, she's telling you at the same time, she's like, so you're coming to Australia with me? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that period from the time she went back there was about three months where i was still in the states you know mm-hmm. figuring things out closing up some ends and stuff um because you know i don't know if i'm gonna go there and then like i don't know for some reason like come back after a year or like you know i didn't plan on that but it's just you don't really plan on anything it's like we're just gonna see what happens but yeah man um, I'm still here. Things have worked out. Got got twin girls. You know what I'm saying. So I remember yeah, the beautiful man. little babies. Yeah, <laughs> your, your beautiful family over there, man. I'm so proud of you, man. Are you? Uh, Thanks, man. You, you're a sensei. Um, you're a trainer of the youth. You're doing stunts. What's going on over there? Yeah, yeah, Acting yeah. Well, as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just recently, you know, obviously, like you know, too, man. The whole COVID business been a bit weird with the industry. Yeah, it punched our industry so, in the um, face. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> so, uh, I did get to do uh, probably a couple months ago. I had a gig on like, uh, do you know that series? It's because uh, I'm allowed to talk about it, but it's like Deadliest Women. Do you know that series? Oh, it's not ringing a bell. It comes on on. The Deadliest Women? Yeah, it comes on on ID. Okay. It's like, it's not like a suit, you know, it's like, a, it, it's have like, I think they're on like season 13. Like, oh, shit. there's a market that loves it, <laughs> you know? But basically it's a series where they focus on like, you know, real life uh, female, like serial killers. And basically, or not serial killers, but just, 
murder cases and things like that. And I had a spot on that um, where I played uh, and then I played like a, he was in Atlanta, uh, a rapper. It's a true story. It's real crazy. But but the thing is, though, that was my first time experiencing a COVID-19 set. Mm-hmm. And like it was just man, there were some situations where like because they have an officer here like on set, and there's times when you're getting close to like the other, and they're like, oh, uh, uh, social distancing, please, and like, oh, you know, there's times where as an actor instinctual, you might want to reach and grab, or you know, there's moments That's where what we do <laughs> exactly you want to do things, but now you're in your head because you're like, okay, I can't do that. Oh wait, I can't touch this glass. Cause that's, he touched that glass, but I, this feels right. But you know, you're like in your head now trying to think about the COVID protocols and it was a bit awkward in some cases. So are they having you distance from the other actors who've already been tested? They've tested you guys before, right? Yeah, but she walks around with a stick. Like she's coming up and holding the stick. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) how, oh, hall monitor ass niggas. It's like, no, <laughs> test us. If we cool yeah. and like keep testing us, I'll keep taking the test, but you ain't about to be walking around with a ruler. Uh, a yeah, I didn't bowl. understand it. That's both. Some of it was overboard, yeah. yeah. But from what I understand on the bigger productions, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's different. Like it's not to that level, but they're like, do a scene and then they run off and put the mask on right away. So that like every time, stuff like that. Okay. Um, have yeah. You, have you been working with uh, some of the martial artists on sets and uh, th- at, like that sort of thing, with like fight choreography and that sort of thing? Yeah, I haven't. Um, I probably about like, like uh, when was the most recent one I did? About a year ago. Yeah, not a year ago. Maybe it's about like seven, eight months ago or something like that. I got to do one where um, it was like a vampire, um, kind of like a vampire Lost Boys throwback okay. type deal. But the guy that directed it, he's he's like a component of like the 80s Hong Kong films and he's done some dope stuff, kind of like an homage. They're really into the action stuff. So I got to do a little bit of action in that. You know, I threw a couple kicks and things. I got I got whooped, of course. I was a villain. <laughs> um, so so I have got to do a little bit of it, not as much as I'd like, but um um but what's cool is I see that like in Sydney, we're starting to get a lot of Hollywood this way. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're currently doing that uh, Sang Chi Marvel film here. Uh, Andy Lee, he's in it. Um, he's over here in Sydney. Marshall Club, and, uh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Got he, cast? He, he, yeah, that's crazy, ain't it? He made it. They campaigned for him, like yeah. just fans of him, because it's like, bro, that's right. You're literally. You inspire all of us to learn how to move our bodies because right. we've never really seen like even of the greatest martial artists, we've never seen people with that kind of control of their yeah. body. I'm yeah. talking about flips. I'm talking about even understanding basically what seems it seems like he has a physical encyclopedic knowledge of styles because mm. he can almost yeah, yeah. quickly. He has such an understanding of movement. That no matter what the mm-hmm. style is, you go, okay. And, and he'll just watch them do it and go, cool. Now yeah. I'm doing Northern Province Guangzhou Chinese Kung Fu. You know, That's so right. All of a sudden, he's moving just like that, mimicking. That's Some right. people have that kind of uh, that kind of intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. They're a genius yeah. in that regard. And I think that he is. Yeah. So I was happy. 
I'm mm. so happy like to find out that Andy Lee finally yeah. got that's that. right. That's amazing. I don't know what role it is, but I know he has a pretty solid role in it. Okay. Um, and yeah, so we're getting a lot more over that. One of my friends, she's a stunny and she got to work on it. And, uh, 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 she said she's been in and out on the set. That's how I know about some of the COVID stuff. She said it's been like, you know, a uh, uh, very careful, but they're still making it work. Um, so we're getting a lot more stuff over here. I think because of our COVID situation is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, man, you know how it is just, uh, staying in there continuing to work on myself, get a couple auditions here and there, you know, and man, the, the, the now that everything is like a self tape, I mean, that's a science. <laughs> I don't got all the way down yet, man. You I don't your, got that science down. You basically <laughs> built your man. Ask questions. I got you. Like I got a whole. Yeah. I'm gonna send you through WhatsApp. Um, yeah. Basically the essentials. So I got my. Um, I got lights everywhere. I got yeah. lights all over the place. So get okay, you a cool. couple of Apple. Um, a couple of soft boxes. The big yeah. ones that that you can adjust, and then you get mm-hmm. your little camera set up, and then a little thing to hold your phone horizontally. Of course, you know that much already. And then you yeah, have yeah. another one for uh, fill light because you want to light the back of you so that there's not so much a shadow on the back. Plus, oh, see, sure. I don't got that. I don't got that part. Okay, so yeah. you're using two point lighting and not three. So yeah, the light, you know, th- yeah, like three point lighting um, is usually how mm-hmm. everyone's lit on set. So just have the three point lighting. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You can control the lighting temperatures if you wanted to. If you want to be warmer or cooler yeah. than that. There's um yeah, I'll send that shit over to you. Okay. Because Cause yeah, man, I've sent in some self tapes where I've pushed that sin and I was kind of like, like I didn't feel I'm like, I know I'm sending a, a whack self tape. <laughs> I know it looks, they probably see it right away before they even hear me and they're like, ah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> what's crazy is um, all the only thing that you have to do is get that shit set up once. Once you have the things once, now it's just a protocol that you have for yourself. It's almost a ritual. Cool. Audition? Cool. I'm getting my, um, I'm getting my cool ass tripod, the Polaroid. I got the tripod. Boom. That's set up. Cool. I got the thing to hold the phone, clamped, screw it up to the tripod. Cool. Now let me get my two soft boxes, adjust it to my height because I'm like 6'2". Boom. Boom. On both sides. Have, Have the lighting source zooming in on me cool um mm-hmm. then i need a fill light so, so i need to fill light from the background because yeah. you want to be able to account for maybe um i'm working or something or i'm busy i can't get to this until tonight you're out of daylight right. so with the soft boxes yeah. it simulates natural light cool the lighting situation taken care of then i got the fill light so you have all this light and so you're well lit and you're not overly blown out and that sort of thing as well but once yeah, you have yeah. that set up, it's not an undertaking. You're just like, cool, let me drag my lights over here. Right. Set that bitch here. And and like you just fire it off. You know? Yeah, okay. Okay. And that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hit you on that WhatsApp then for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then send that yeah. um what are your socials? Yeah, um even though you don't so my Insta- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As I was thinking too, I was like all right, I'll go through the motions. <laughs> but yeah, now my Instagram is at Aaron Tyler. Oh, actually, you know what? I changed it. That's wrong. Bro, you always change it Aaron too. Aaron Tyler Show. <laughs> yeah. You were uh, Bruce Leroy Green, which I loved, and then Safari, which yeah. I was confused about, 
And then you yeah. went to uh, Aaron Tyler, the Aaron Tyler Yerkerson show, which I understand. The, the Aaron Tyler show. The Aaron Tyler show. Okay. Oh, like Mary yeah. Tyler. <laughs> you know what that is too? Because Aaron Tyler, that's like the, the screen name that I'm going by. Like kind of what I'll have in the credits, Aaron Tyler. Okay. I just think it's more succinct. You know, it's a bit better than Aaron Dickinson in terms of like that. It's both five letters. Uh-huh. Uh, and I couldn't get Aaron Tyler because the Aaron Tyler on Instagram, it's always like one dude, one post. Like the last post was in 2000, like. 11 mm. i'm like bro give me this name and he's not even going to see any message i send so and i didn't want to do the cliche like the real or like you know some of that stuff so and so official i'm like nigga ain't no one else on earth got yeah. my name so I know. I, i'm not putting the real or official yeah i'm telling you oh speaking of uh go ahead nope you go uh, i was gonna say what's monkey d Monkey D Chavonki. Monkey Monkey D Luffy. Straw hat. One piece. Uh, okay, now it's clear. And right. you see how it just rolls off the tongue though? Monkey D Travanti. Monkey D Luffy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's kinda like fun it. to say. And I'm like, if it's fun to say to me, it's gotta be fun to say in general. Not to everybody, but yeah. I think a lot of people get it. Monkey D Travanti, Monkey D Luffy, Monkey D Dragon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, okay. Marshall D Teach. Right. Portuguese okay. the ace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I knew that at least my yeah. nerd friends would get it and appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And fellow nerds around the world, they would get it and they would yeah. appreciate it. So it's kind of easy. And then it just ends with my first name. And no one else really has that name. So. Right. Yeah, we kind of made it easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um, you said, just real quick, just to show yeah. how wonderful a listener I am, listeners, <laughs> um, you mentioned about two and about two hours ago, uh, that y'all had 30 cases of COVID in all of Australia? Yeah. yeah, most well, not all of Australia, but in our state. Some states are worse off, but where we're at, it's like 30 cases in the whole state. We got thousands and thousands and thousands, <laughs> bro. I know. I know. It's crazy, man. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I knew it was going to be a problem. When I was over here, like, our toilet paper issue happened Yo had a that dumbass shit too? Yeah, yeah, that happened before it happened in the States. And I knew when I saw this, my first thought was, you know what? When this stuff hits the U.S., nobody's going to listen. It's going to be an issue. Nobody's going to listen. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, here everybody just do, do what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? We need to sanitize. Cool. We can't come to these places for now. Cool. You know, like, I can't, we, we, we can't do a party. Cool. I can't for the life of me understand why niggas just thought that due to the onset of COVID-19, the vid, this Corona shit, that you were going to be shitting 17 times more than usual. So you should buy that oh, much more toilet paper. I'm like, no, niggas, if you buy the usual amount of toilet paper per your usual poopage, everyone yeah. will have toilet paper all the time. There won't be a shortage. Right. You're creating the scarcity. That's right. Which creates the pandemonium, <laughs> which makes niggas have to get toilet paper while they can. Man, it, it's really fascinating, really. Like, that, there should be a study on that toilet paper situation. Yes. Like, I don't understand it. Because it's <laughs> way deeper than rap. It's That's right. deeper than pandemics. It's human. Yeah. It's primal. Yeah. That yeah. kind of behavior, that's bizarre, and that needs to be actually studied. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 
That's crazy. But no, man, we're doing, you know, compared to the rest of the world, I think we're in a good spot. It's just we got to stay on that track for sure. Man, well, I hope you had, I hope you had a good-ass time, bro, doing this. Hey, I did, man. Yeah, I, I'm glad you had me, man, because also it's funny because, you know, like um, – I feel like our relationship kind of improved almost through like the the media. This is our first time kind of having like you know a, a conversation real, like this, real conversation, bro. <laughs> like it was weird yeah. because even when we crossed paths, I knew that you were a different kind of cat. And now uh, that I've experienced martial arts for the years that I have, I understand mm. that energy that I couldn't understand way back then because you had yeah. that kind of aura, but I didn't understand what it was. But I was sensitive to it. I was like, man, this guy mm. seems cool. But he also seems very mm. confident. He seems like a full person, like an actual whole person. Um, mm. None of the insecurities that regular people walk around with, especially at our age. He's on some different kind of shit. Plus, he's wearing anime shirts, which is also dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Has the hair pulled yeah. back, wears the big-ass pants and jeans. And sometimes I see him in his kung fu or whatever martial arts gear he's wearing. So he's into martial arts, and mm. I've always been interested so I always look yeah. up to you, but we just never were able to, you know, yeah, really yeah. just sit down just and shoot shit. Sink. Yeah. Yeah. And see, for you, like, on the other side, too, like, I always got little clues and hints about you, like, of different parallels. Like, I can remember one time it was, like, uh, um, um, like, after school, I don't know if it was on MySpace or what it was, or maybe Facebook. I don't know why I saw it. But you were doing a blog or something at one point, and you did a blog about like MMA fighters and how you can't tell who does MMA and if he met like a nerd or something that did it, how you would get effed up. And I remember I read that <laughs> and, and and the humor in it, but also the understanding in it. I, I remember I, I messaged you, I was like, yo, this is hilarious. And like <laughs> there was that. And then I noticed kind of, you were also on the acting tip too, because we would cross each other at like the theater sometimes. So mm -hmm. I knew something. And then there was like the music too, like there was parallels. And then later when the martial arts happened, there was just always parallels. We were always vibing. Yeah. Like, cause you would chime in and I wouldn't expect you to per se, but I would post something about Wu-Tang or something. You're like, bro, have you, have you heard? Liquid swords? Have you heard Jizzle? Do 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 do? Or just, it, it could be anything I thought was yeah. obscure, but you were all into it, and you started sending me books. Eventually, right. the Book of Five Rings and Musashi uh. Miyamoto, and I'm applying this to martial arts, and I'm yeah. like, I trust everything that Aaron's got to tell me about martial arts because he's really the first real life example of a true martial artist I had really come across. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like mm, you, I appreciate the, like, that. You were the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are the guy. So mm -hmm. you really set me off on that kind of path and just being cool with that and just making that. And I could tell it was your lifestyle. It was the way mm -hmm. you yeah. lived, but it was cultivated by the martial arts. It was more than yeah. just the fighting and the learning how to do that. It was a way of living, right? Yeah. And in that same way, like, Wing Chun is the, the nerdiest martial art because I don't mm -hmm. know why, but because of attributes it gives someone who can't generally defend themselves adequately because they don't have strength yeah. and size and shit. Um, yeah. It's designed. Talk about the demographic. Yeah. It's designed for yeah. niggas um, who don't have a bunch of strength, can't bench 300 pounds, but they can generate mm. a shit ton of power and that's all that they need. And they, you know, these yeah. attributes to have you 
like developing crazy power no matter your size. So, yeah. so many of these cats, man, I'm telling you, Sifu is a damn, he works for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the IT side, he's like an IT genius. You okay. know what I'm saying? But yeah. a lot of martial artists, a lot of your cats who do Wing Chun, Kung Fu in particular, True. it's very, yeah. it's very mathematical. Like it's all about yeah. angles and the power generation is about having your body behind and your elbow behind your body and all of that in mm. sync and it's very um it's leverage it's um yeah you can jiu watch... is very similar yeah you know right i mm. hear that too it's yeah. like a lot a lot of nerds are drawn to it because it's a thinking yeah. man's kind of martial art because yeah. you can't do nothing but rely on peerless technique you can't get away with being right. strong because that could become your greatest disadvantage yeah you yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. We got no, man. I, I, yeah, for sure. We got to do the part two. Now that we have this is <laughs> an ongoing thing, but now that we have, yeah, um, what seems to be a time, yeah, on the planet Earth where <laughs> our lives could possibly align. Yeah. What time is it there right now? Yeah. Well, right now it's like. It's twelve thirty six p.m. Thursday. The very next day, so it's not even today right. over there. It's That's right. it's tomorrow over there. But yeah. we found the time, even though we exist on two different Earths, on two yeah. different planes. But something like this, yeah. for sure. That's dope, my brother. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Yeah, cool. Well, it's all love, man, and I really appreciate you, man. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, man, it's like, uh, you know, the Jedi midi chlorian levels, like always enjoy having a conversation, you know, someone on the same level for sure. Bro, and yeah. there's levels to this, huh? Absolutely. Let's get it, man. <laughs> share, uh, share my love to the family, man, even though they don't know yeah. me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell them, hey, man, yo, Trevante said, what's up? And I'm going to see you some new too. Ah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, bro. Nice. All right, see you, man. Hey, Griselda's my joint, bro. Griselda. Westside Gun. They got me back in the rap again, for, for real. My brother, whenever I hear Westside hop on any track going boom, 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 I get yeah. so hyped. Because it's old yeah. school classic bars. This Man. quarantine's brought about the best in all of my favorites. And for Griselda, sure. this is the renaissance, yeah. brother. This is a new day for yeah. us. Yeah. And those Derringer beats. Oh my gosh. Those Derringer beats. And guess what? Yeah. We got Alchemist and they just signed my brother Bodie James. Oh, they finally signed. They got Bodie. He's out of Detroit. Okay. I think his album nice. the uh Versace tapes exclusively produced by Alchemist. Alchemist, you notice he's producing a lot of the Griselda shit. That world's gotten nice. smaller. Yeah, he's over there now. Yeah. It's wow. the greatest. That's good stuff, man. Yes, but you see how we just slipped right back into that. Bro. <laughs> we got more chapters we got to hit. <laughs> Effortlessly. I told you. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll see you, brother. All right, brother. Much love. Hey fam, I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Enjoyed. No, that's how you say it. 
Hope that you guys enjoyed that episode, man, of the podcast. I mean, that was my brother Aaron Tyler Dickerson, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, Bruce Leroy himself. Um, it's all love, and I hope that you guys enjoyed that, man. All about the flavors, man. All about the energies, man. All about the vibes, man. Um, everyone stay safe out there. If you guys have any inquiries, content, inquiries, anything of that nature, I'm on imeanpod at gmail.com. That's the email address. And you can also reach out to me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, same shit, Monkey D. Trevanti. Okay? Boom, 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 boom. It's all love. Uh,